Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is the leader of the Diamond Clan, Justin! Oh, the Pokemon Diamond Clan, yeah. got it. Yeah. I was like, am I am I in like Blood Diamond or something? Like, you what are we could, what are we you, talking you about here? Interpret it that way. I just said Diamond Clan. Diamond is unbreakable. Yeah, diamonds are Jojo for, Part Four. Diamonds are forever. It's the only Kanye West song I I've really enjoyed. Uh, and oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about the, uh, James Bond. No, I've never seen a single James Bond movie from start to finish. So I, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Um, uh, and joining oh. us, leader of the Pearl Clan, Tyler. What? I'm not the leader of a clan. What are you talking about as I shift my eyes back and forth? <laughs> All right. You can lead these pearls. Nice. The, Way to bring that Sissy back. the leader of the Pearl Clan. She cute, though. Uh, anyways, um, we are the Charge Shot Is games. that the one with the alfalfa hair? No. No. No, no, no. A- a- Arazu or whatever yeah, she's, she's the angry blonde she's, the, she's on the galaxy team, I think. Um, the redhead. Uh, okay. Mars's yeah. ancestor or whatever. Um, the one with the... Yeah. Uh, the fan art, of, I've already seen many, many fans of her. But we're not here to talk about that. We are the Charge Talk Gamescast. We are a kind weekly video game podcast dedicated to the games we've been playing, news we've been reading. And, of course, uh, Pokemon is still very much on the minds around the world because of Arceus relating. And, Justin, will you continue that trend? I don't think so. Of uh, talking about Pokemon? Yeah. Um, <sighs> I haven't played it much, I'll admit. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm making progress, but like slowly I'll pick it up, run around a little bit. Then I'm like, I'm bored and then put it back down. Um, I am, let's see. I, I did the second, is it the second noble Pokemon? I, I got, uh, the second riding Pokemon, like the one the that bear. snips the out stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Mire. Um, the I, don't, Mire, the I guess Mire. that's not considered noble because you just. No, no, the noble like, Pokemon. Do a quest surrounding it. Yeah, the noble Pokemon are the ones that you, you're quelling from the frenzy. Yeah, I'm on my way to the next noble. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like not very far at all. Like wow. just a few hours. But I don't know. I'm just. It's not hooking me. And I think part of it is just like. I had I had it in my mind like the team I wanted to make and a lot of the Pokemon that I wanted to put on it seemed to be either like late game or like are only nobles that you can't catch, at least right now. Um and I'm just like the the, the loop of running around and just throwing a Pokeball at things casually as you pass, like it, it's it's a very nice quality of life feature. But I don't feel very engaged by it. Like, I'm catching things just to fill out the Pokedex stuff. Because I know that, like, oh, the, you know, if I catch a lot of these, it'll up my rank. Great. Just throw balls at everything I pass. Like, there's, there, I'm, I'm not, like, my brain isn't engaged during it. Um, I still like the combat. Like, the, the battle system itself is good. Um, the few times when there's a trainer battle, I actually, like, feel like I have to kind of engage with the game, um, because things hit harder, it seems, in general. Um, I don't hate my team by any means, I just, like, I'm not attached to any of them. Uh, and honestly, I, I actually am kind of enjoying the story, um, because I tend to, like, 
I'll, I'll play through, you know, turning in my quests and updating, the, uh, getting my uh, Pokedex update, um, you know, trying to rank up, like, that kind of thing. I, I like the process of it, um, but then whenever, like, I'm given the next quest and unleashed in whatever area I'm in, I just kind of check out. Like, I don't actually enjoy, like, running around the open world, um, you know, doing the Pokemon things. Uh, I spent a while the other day just, like, randomly doing side quests around the town. Um, there was one that made me mad. I had to find, uh, like, three Bidoofs that were supposedly terrorizing the town, even oh, though I they were just one. sitting oh, there. God. That was cute. That was and, cool. no, it was, it, was a, it was a cute little quest, but I misunderstood how to do it for the first one, and uh-huh. it ran away. So, like, the the problem with that quest is there's only one, like, visible at a time, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so, like, you have to find, like, run around everywhere to find the one, and then the next one crops up on the map. Right. Um, and the first one ran away. So I found the next two after a ton of running around the same areas, because it's, like, they're in little nooks, it's easy to miss. Um... And then I did another, like, five or six laps all the way around the town, like, out to the beach, like, the training area, all of it, and could not find anything. I was like, where is this Bidoof? Um, So I, like, went into... Did you check in the garbage? (laughs) Damn. Yeah, that's where it belongs. Leave leave, Um, leave Bidoof alone. He didn't do anything His name is literally Doofus. He's living. He's vibing. It messes with the spawn rates for all the more important Pokemon in that area. Right. It knows what it did. Yeah. Stupid bit doof. Anyway, um, it's... I, I went into in, into a building or something uh, and came back out, and sure enough, the first bit doof that I like made run away was the last one I was waiting for, and it just despawned after I missed it. Like, it never came back. Uh-oh. So I couldn't complete that quest until I basically, like reset the spawn location and nothing told me that i wasted like half an hour just running around assuming i was missing a bidoof somewhere because it only runs Um, away from you if you don't have a bidoof with you is that the part you misread yes well i had a babero on my team right um and i didn't know i had to actually throw it out i thought i just had to have it on my team No, no no and then throw a pokeball at it or whatever um, yeah, that's usually the case uh, when uh, you're given specific Pokemon quests in other games. So that, no, it, it's I like you have to actually throw that. that Pokeball at it so they can like talk to each other or whatever. Um, ah, but yeah, stupid. so it it freaked out and ran away um, and then didn't come back. But that quest made me a little mad. But for the most part, like I think there's a lot of personality and heart to it. I'm just not really getting hooked on the actual grind of playing it. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of little things that bother me, like the fact that you can only have one quest marker at a time. Yeah, it's So annoying. especially if you're trying to, like, turn in multiple quests, it's hard to remember who you need to talk to. Um, because, like, you might have five done, but your active might not be any of them. It could be the main quest. Um... And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I can kind of understand why you don't have ongoing quest markers, although that's still annoying, um, because there's only so much space on screen and stuff. Um, I mean, other games like Borderlands only allow you to track one quest at a time, 
But, like, when they're complete, at least, like, fill in the dot to go turn them in. Like, anything to do with a quest is deselected when it's not your active quest. Um, so I'll just randomly talk to people around town and be, and they'll be like, oh, good, you brought me the thing I asked for. And I'm like, oh, great, I completed that quest accidentally. Dope. <laughs> um... And obviously, I mean, I've talked about the, you know, issues running around the open world and stuff. Uh, I do find just the kind of clunkiness of, like, um, going from point A to point B a little annoying sometimes. Because, like, it's hard to tell what uh, cliff faces you're able to kind of, like, shimmy your way up and which ones you'll fall down. Minor spoiler. Um, and it kind of... But that does get better in the third area. The yeah, because you get a ride Pokemon that can like climb, oh. that can scale cliffs or whatever. Okay, right? I wasn't gonna say anything, but okay. Fair enough. I mean, I was just asking. Um, I, I, did, I didn't know. You, I didn't know you knew. I didn't know that you knew that, so I didn't want to like outright say, "Oh, you're gonna get this this thing that's gonna make that a lot easier for you." I didn't want to say that, bro. I know everything. Oh. I saw the leaks. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I know that you catch God in this game. I'm pretty much expecting anything. That's true. But yeah. uh... I'm just saying, like, especially, you know, the example I mentioned where you're riding Wordier and, like, you know, you dash down the hill and then, like, tumble off a cliff and die, essentially. I, I've never had um, that problem. I, I did. Because I didn't know that, like, you know, the Pokemon that can jump and gallop, like, will kill you if you, if you fall off. Like, you can't handle cliffs or anything like that. Um... May as well be riding I mean, a tourist a certain at that height. point. Like, it's not like you fall off a cliff. It has to be a certain height. Like, I've taken damage from it when, like, accidentally jumping off a cliff with Weird Deer, but I never, I've never, i never died. Well, sure, but I'm saying, like, you're going fast enough. Like, you're not necessarily going to know, like, that you're, you know, close to the edge of something and then you fall and whatever. Anyway, um, I know I'm being nitpicky, but it kind of gives me this Skyrim vibe sometimes of, like, you know, trying to get your horse up a mountain. Like, there, there was always that meme. I've never um, seen It feels like a lot of the... I've never seen that meme. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never okay. heard of that. I don't know anybody who uses horses in Skyrim. I had a horse in Skyrim. I was like, I don't want... Fuck you, walking's better. You fall off the horse. Ah. Well, that's because you can't get your awake. horse up a mountain. That's the joke. Just walk up. There's a pass. Um, Why are you being difficult? Well, because it's always like, okay, there's, there's a cliff here. I know my points at the top. I want to just go, you know, straight up rather than like ah, so all the way around and it's, circle it's and circle and circle. That's what it is. That it all boils down to impatience. Well, it's also figuring it out, like especially with, um, like the you know the the sniffing ability of the bear, like that is not very intuitive. Um, it really isn't. With like, what do you even try? Like, I thought it was like a digging thing where it's like, I mean, it is, you know. You're searching out areas where you can dig, but like, there's no button prompt to dig. Like, yeah, I don't understand you have, how it you, actually you, works. When you arrive at the destination, it'll tell you to press Y. It'll 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 bring bink, and it'll say press. I don't remember if it's Y or A, but it does tell you to press this button to dig when you're at that particular spot. I know because that's how, how I know that's, that's how I found the thing I needed to evolve Caesar because you find it by one of the options. The ways of finding it is by digging, so it's a button prompt. Oh, so Cleavor is actually a Caesar evolution? I thought it was a Scyther evolution. No, there's... I mean, you can get Caesar because you can get the metal coat in this game from the uh-huh. MP points, but Cleavor is an evolution of Caesar, not... Uh, of Scyther, huh. not Cleavor. So Cleavor, it goes from 
uh, Scyther to Cleavor. You just... I know, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. My bad. It's <laughs> that Cleavor, got really Caesar, confusing. Scyther, it's all... Yeah, so Scyther goes to Cleavor. This is stirring in the Digimon Digivolutions. Okay, so point. it's a, it's a branch evolution. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, I want my Caesar. Give me, I will get a metal coat, and I'm going to get my Caesar in this game. Ah, sorry. But yeah, so like I don't, I couldn't even figure out like how to follow the trail to like find a spot to dig. See, it's that like, part is confusing. I will agree with you that because sometimes you can go in a path, and then like it'll start to shift. And to me, I just kind of like okay, gotta gotta work around, gotta work around, and yeah. then I, and then I found it. Like I've once I figured that out, it's not always straight. Sometimes it'll diverge a little bit, and if I don't find it, ah, fuck it, I just move on to the next thing. I do like that it like speeds up when you're on the right path. Yeah. Because that's a better indicator than, like, the, you know, the colored sensor thing or whatever in front of them. Um, and maybe I just need to play around with it more. But, like I said, in general, like, I just don't really enjoy the exploration and, like, the new methods I'm getting of, like, getting around and, you know, like, for example, the wordier can jump. But, like, jumping doesn't feel good. Like, you still can't get up onto anything with it. Um so it's like you always have to just kind of awkwardly go around and like small rivers are enough to kill you and it's just <sighs> you drown in an inch of water yeah um i'm not enjoying getting around and like you said there's you get more ride pokemon later or whatever that make it all better oh yeah but <laughs> this is essentially a game about like learning you know that that pokemon can be friends and you can't do anything without them like it's strange how did they survive this long without befriending pokemon <laughs> um they can't get past a a, fr- a fucking tree branch without having a pokemon in nose cut what do you expect that's that's, yeah, that's very that's much true they can't even get berries out of a tree without throwing a pokemon to shake it for them um, I I also didn't know that the Pokemon can destroy the big rocks around. Neither did I. Neither <laughs> I did that. I. I I just threw a Beedoof at um at just a mountain crevice and it just shattered open. So I was like, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Like the you know the rock smash thing. Yeah. But it's just again, the game doesn't tell you or anything. Yeah. You just it, it looked like it. a special ability thing that you'll ride Pokemon. Right. But it's I think like I'm like okay, fine, because I can smash everything else, and it's not like you can't get to those other areas. Any other way, you know? Yeah, it's not like they're guard. They're guarded. Just off. another one of those things. It's like it. It both um, holds your hand and just kind of expects you to figure things out. Yeah, just test shit out. And man. like, I'm fine with either of those things, but not both. <laughs> like, if a game's going to tell me everything, tell me everything. Don't tell me most things, because I'm going to assume that if you don't tell me something, you can't do it. <laughs> um. Anyway, like I said, I haven't played too much of it, but we wanted to talk about it, so there it is. I honestly haven't played much of anything this week. Um, I got my uh, Game Pass working again and dabbled in a few things. Uh, I checked out Death's Door because I kept hearing people talk about it as like kind of a Zelda-style game. Um, didn't really like it. Is, it's there, is it a roguelike? A, it's not a roguelike. Oh, it's not. It's okay. not really, Okay, but it's that, like... Um, I, I'd say it's kind of like Hades, where it's just like death runs. So rogue-like. But no, because I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's procedurally generated okay. areas. Okay. 
But it's that idea of you're just like going from area to area, like taking out, you know, waves of enemies to get to the next room. So we can beat them up with like Zelda gameplay. Um, but I, I, just, I don't know. I could, I, I couldn't get into it. Um, it felt very samey and the combat was kind of simple. Um, and then I have some stuff pulled up. Hold on. Um, Oh, I downloaded Windjammers 2. I was going to say we should play Windjammers 2 sometime. Maybe next week we'll make it a big Windjammers night instead of like trying to do a regular show. Uh, depending depending on what news happens, like we might just do that. Yeah, that could work. I can ask Thomas, like, yeah. hey, you want to you wanna fucking stream Windjammers? Or not even stream, just one person has to stream because it, it's the same play. We just play Windjammers. Open up a lobby. Right. Um, you know, be fun. Yeah, that's one that like I, I didn't want to play by myself, but I definitely want to check no, out. No, CPU's so. going to kick um, your I didn't play ass. It yet, but... Trust me, I already oh, tried. Yeah, CPU's sure. going to be... On yeah. medium, the CPU is me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Also, I didn't know I'm glad that was added to Game Pass. Yeah, but... yeah. It's cool. Because um, cool. I think I have Windjammers 1 on my arcade cabinet, um, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's but awesome. But I didn't put a lot of time into it. Um, and then I briefly checked out The Pedestrian, because that's one I was following, like, from concept essentially when a guy just like posted a a video of his in development game on reddit um and i kept meaning to check it out i think i would like it i wasn't really in a puzzle mood uh when i pulled it up um i just kind of wanted something to to run through for a bit while i was watching stuff um and some of the puzzles were breaking my brain so i quit but it's interesting like the way you kind of like just move panels around and connect the rooms to each other so your little pedestrian guy can, like, cross between panels to get to the next area. And, like, it kind of interacts with the real world where sometimes you have to grab, like, battery terminals um, and use them to uh, turn on, like, a like a door button, essentially, that will actually, like, open a, a sliding door. Um, and then you kind of, like, you know, you go through your, your flat door... But, like, the game pans into the sliding door and, like, you know, into the next area. Um, so I don't really know what the hook or anything of it is. It kind of seems like uh, you're trying to maybe, like, escape the signs and billboards and stuff that you're exploring on. Um, but it doesn't really need a hook. It's it's a cool premise. Um, and it's very visually interesting. But um, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. Um and aside from that, I kind of got into like a like a manic episode, um, just looking into a lot of those like you know retro game handhelds and stuff ah. that people have made or you know bought from like all the you know Chinese developers and I'm stuff like that. You didn't try to go for an analog pocket, considering your love for like the Game Boy Advance and shit, and how good that thing is when it was first being coming out. Well, I mean that thing looks legit. It is um, I'm not one for physical media. Oh. Um, I don't. I own. I think. Well, I still own. I should say, like two Game Boy Advance games. Oh, okay. Um, because I just like I sold a lot of my stuff back in the day. Justin, ready? And for I don't see a point in rebuying it when I can emulate all of them. Um, so like now I keep everything, but like the oldest stuff I have really physical still is like DS games. Um. And even then, I'll I'll get rid of them for the right price. Like I I just sold my um, Pokemon White and White Two games uh, to a friend for Christmas, um, 
because I mean I'm not playing them. Like if I want to play them, I've, I've got them on emulator. I was just holding on to them for posterity. Um, I didn't realize how like expensive they'd gotten. Oh yeah, they're dumb expensive. Yeah, they're stupid expensive. <laughs> Especially yeah. uh, like uh, the Gen Four and the Gen Two remakes. Oh my god, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. so stupid. Yeah, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are pretty expensive. Are they? I, the most expensive ones I've seen are Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Oh yeah, they, they, they can easily go for like eighty bucks cartridge alone. Yeah, I think I've got those too. But um, I wasn't like. Like I said, I'm, I'm not normally one to sell games anymore. This was, like, um, a friend had a co-worker whose kid was, like, getting super into Pokemon. I might have told this story. Um, and had, like, had kind of been building up, you know, into the, the DS games gens and couldn't find them anywhere because of how much they're going for online. Um, so he asked, like, kind of blanket to our group, like, does anyone have these Pokemon games and would be willing to part with them? So I was like... Sure, you know, I'll sell them basically, like, a little above retail, um, you know, to make some kids Christmas. Like, I don't care. <laughs> um, so instead of having to buy, like, you know, a hundred or more from some random on eBay, like, at least you know that it's been taken care of, it's coming from a friend, like, um, I kept my save files on there, so, you know, some kid can, can like, trade all the, all the Pokemon over or whatever, um. Why is your Grimer nickname Cumstain? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I did the names like that back then. <laughs> <laughs> now I definitely I would definitely name my Grimer that. Um, but so anyway, yeah, I've been looking into a lot of that stuff um, because I was talking to my brother about like kind of just wanting to make a project like that, um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I have an old well, not old. Um, I have like a you know just an LCD screen. I'm not using for anything. Like it's just a little." Um, like a little, like, you know, two and a half, three inch screen. Um, if you want to, you know, kind of play around with it and make it work for something. Um, so like in lieu of actually playing games, I've been looking into how to make a little game console. Um, just kind of prototyping and stuff right now because like Raspberry Pis are stupid expensive due to the... Uh, chip shortage and everything. Fuck you, so NFT. So that's another crypto thing. Crypto bros. Sorry, you know it's their <laughs> fault. It's their fucking um, fault. Some yep. of it is. Like, the the higher end, like the... Um, I'm, I'm looking for the Raspberry Pi Zero, which is about, like, the size of a stick of gum. Um, and it's pretty much just for, you know, kind of these little portable projects. Um, but, like, the Raspberry Pi 4 and, like, the bigger, you know, single-chip computers out there are definitely stacked and used for, like, uh, crypto mining and things like that. Um, but there's just a chip shortage everywhere right now. And so everywhere it's either out of stock or being, you know, price scalped where it is available. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to learn at the, at the moment, um, I'm making like various, uh, case prototypes, um, for kind of what I want to do. Um, and going from there, but I can't actually build it without a computer. So... Um, I'm just learning, but it's been fun, um, kind of seeing what's out there and like looking at other people's builds and, um, how they made it all work. I'm trying to like not have to solder anything. Oof. Um, I've been picking the brain of our friend Tangy Pop, uh, cause he's done some like, uh, Game Boy Advance modding and things like that. Not actually like custom builds, but you know, switching out the screen and that kind of thing. Um, so I've been trying to get some advice from him and, um look into what other people have done online. Like there's such a cool community around like custom builds and 
you know, people out there that are just like, oh, yeah, if you have an idea, like, you have something you want to make, you know, send me the design and I'll 3D print it and send it back to you. Like, people are awesome when, you know, when they legitimately care about something. Um, so that's been kind of fun. I've, I've been honestly enjoying that more than actually playing games right now because there's just not anything, like... I I get into these manic moods when I'm in the in the mood for one specific thing and nothing else sounds good. Um and it's usually like right before a new game I'm excited for is coming out and all I want to do is play that game, but it's not out, so I just don't play anything. Um and right now there's just not really anything out that I super want to play. So I'll spend all my time researching a thing I can't make yet. Until something comes out that I care about again. Well, Ollie Ollie comes out <laughs> tomorrow and you can get that. That's true. I actually am excited about that one. Oh, I am. Oh, I saw him. Yeah. You're going to hear about it. It looks like a lot of fun. You're going to hear about it next week. And it's been reviewing really well, too. Yes, it has. Even so. our good our, our, uh, acquaintance, Luis, uh, gave, I think, a 10 out of 10 on his on his uh, YouTube channel. So Nice. So uh, I hadn't seen that yet. <laughs> can't wait for it. Ah. You're gonna hear about it next week. Trust me. Uh, anything else, buddy? Yeah. One thing I want to shout out real quick is I've uh, in my in my search to find um, you know custom built like portable gaming devices that um, didn't use soldering or anything. Um, I found a channel with this guy. He's I mean he's very popular. I'm sure you know I'm not shouting him out or anything. Um, named uh, Peter something Peter Netter or something like that um, is the channel, and it's just this guy. Um, and he made a, uh, a portable N64, um, without like a 3d printer or, you know, like custom, uh, circuit boards or soldering or anything like that. He basically said he wants to make a console in the way that his 14 year old self would make it. He used the dark arts. Um, he's a wizard. Yeah. So he basically like, he bought a little Tupperware, um, like, cut up, like, all this plastic and kind of, you know, hot glued things together. Um, and took an actual, like, N64 innards, um, and an actual N64 controller and kind of, like, you know, wedged it into the case in a way that, like, you can reach the shoulder buttons, but it's also, like, fairly flush. Uh, but then, you know, N64 has a cartridge slot, so we had to figure out where to put the cartridge slot so that the controller ports were actually. And it was, it's this whole thing. Um, it's a really funny video. Um, of him just kind of winging it every step of the way. And then this thing he makes at the end where, like, he forgets how to really make the cartridge slot accessible. So it's got these, like, like awkward plastic legs underneath that prop the whole thing up so you can get to the cartridge slot. Um, and it's bigger than an actual N64. It just so happens to, like, you know, have the screen and controller all in there. So, like, technically you can take it with you, but it's super chunky. So what you're saying is he made the Virtual Boy 2.0. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, on another note, there's there's another guy that actually does good builds and made a, um, using, you know, normal hardware and everything, and made a portable Virtual Boy that's actually really cool. Wow. Um, with, like, 3D printed case and everything. Um, and uses the actual, like, uh virtual board cartridges slotted in because i guess yeah, you can't all 10 of them yeah that's fair um i guess you can't really like emulate virtual boy very well um but yeah that was like I, i've gone down the rabbit hole here but i just wanted to shout out this peter guy because um he's he has a really like funny video style and the monstrosity that he made 
um, was just very impressive in a, like, you know, anyone can do it type of way that weirdly inspired me. Um, I think my practice build while I'm waiting for, you know, computer parts to become available is going to be kind of a custom, um, like, Android phone-based uh, gaming console. So, like, I took apart a, uh, a PlayStation controller um, to see kind of, like, you know, how the board works on it and stuff. Um, and if I could just basically, you know, transplant that into something to use as a controller. Um, and then, like, I have an old, I mean, still really good, but old phone. Um, and I'm thinking to make, like, kind of a clamshell design, like the, like the you know, original, like, DS Fat. Uh, so screen on the top, and then um, controller, like, shell on the bottom. Um, so you can just kind of close it up, and then, you know, open it, have, like, everything wired together, like, the controller into the phone. Um, so it just does a, you know, hardwired connection for the controller, because it's just still got the USB port on it. And, um do uh like a probably a just rechargeable battery pack um to kind of splice the two together for more power than what the phone because the reason i got a new phone was because this one like cannot hold a charge um so i'd need something to kind of provide passive power to it um and then do like a y adapter out of the uh the shell to actually like plug in you know, to charge the battery pack inside, um, and run the two. So I'm like, I have it all in my head. I, I need to like actually make it happen, but, um, that's kind of my test project to see if I can even like, you know, build that and then deal with like actual circuit boards and, you know, some alternative to soldering. Cause I don't want to do it. Um, and make like something, you know, more compact. Like I'm, I'm thinking, you know, kind of close to the, the Game Boy Advance. Like, that kind of uh, slight form factor. Um, and an actual, like, mini display and things like that. Um, the phone option is just because it's all already in there. Like, it kind of makes sense, you know? So, that's where I'm at. I don't play games anymore. I make them. That's fine. That's cool. I wish I had time and you make things to play and, games. You know the the, the 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 brain to make something like that. That'd be cool. Um, I mean, I'm just research. Like I'm learning. Like I don't know anything about it. Right. You uh, you have more time than me, buddy. So that that's what I'm saying. Um, eh, that's fair. Also, you're smarter than me, uh, Tyler. Um, what have you been playing, my dude? Um, I started this week playing Arceus for a bit. I did get a bit further. Like, uh, I got up to the second area and unlocked the second ride Pokemon, mm. which is the bear, as Justin has previous discussed. And, um, I got my current team up to level 32, I believe. And I kind of stopped because I was getting bored. <laughs> uh, then after that, I uh, got back onto my bullshit of playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. I unlocked uh, my Cyber Link Summoning deck on there, and it is running circles in the online community now. <laughs> it is super fun to play. Um, I know last week Ben dabbled with uh, Link Summoning with the one game that he played. Played two Master games! Duel, I played the deck two. I made. Played two. 
okay, two games, but uh, the thing with this deck is not only does it Link Summit, it also does the Fusion Synchro XEs plays as well, although those really don't get the limelight as much. Uh, the big the big uh, players of this deck are the Co-Talkers. Like, uh, the one that you start out with if you get the Link Starter is Deco Talker. You know, standard Link 3, awesome boss monster, good stats all around, 2300 attack, uh, powers himself up, negates stuff. It, it's a package right there. The one big star of the deck, though, is one of the best monsters that everybody uses, and it is Access Code Talker. Link 4, 2300 attack, can boost himself up to up to 5300 if you um, know what combo to play. And he can destroy cards and make it so that your opponent can't activate anything in response to it. It is crazy good. And I've gotten a bunch of wins from using that effect alone. So yeah, I got back up to Platinum again because uh, now that uh, the second season of the online communities dropped, it dropped me back down to Silver. And while that was disheartening, it wasn't that hard to get back up to Platinum. So that wasn't a big issue. Uh, aside from that, the big game that I played this week is uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. As I explained last week, I got up to the Cell games, and I started off the week uh, promptly kicking his ass with Goku and Gohan, as they do in the anime proper, uh, ending with Goku sacrificing his life to save the Earth, and Gohan becoming a Super Saiyan 2 and becoming the Guardian of Earth. And after I finished that campaign... I jumped immediately into the newest DLC, which I hadn't played yet at this point, and it is the History of Trunks campaign, which takes, if you know uh, Dragon Ball Z, it takes place in the post-apocalyptic future that Trunks comes from, and if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, uh, the episode of Cinema Shot, where we uh, discuss History of Trunks, will be released alongside it, so yeah, it all ties nicely over here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it pretty much plays beat for beat all the stuff that you see in History of Trunks, um, all the emotional things with, uh, future Gohan and his relationship with, uh, little teenager Trunks, who is now voiced by Alexis Tipton instead of Eric Vale in the movie proper, which, which does make sense since, you know, she's been voicing kid Trunks for like the last 20 years at this point. Um, then after, uh, you, uh, promptly get your ass kicked by the androids, which is a big thing in this DLC. In the beginning, it tells you that uh, the androids are way too strong for you to take on, so you have to pretty much uh, uh, satisfy these requirements to get away from them. Like, you have to get their HP down a specific level, you have to get their stun gauge down, or something like that. The, the objective isn't beating them, because you can't. They're way too powerful at this point in the story. And there are also these drones that are floating around, and if they see you for too long, it alerts the androids to your location, and you would have no choice but to square off with them. So your best bet is to just avoid them altogether. So once you get to the point where Gohan's dead, Trunks is the only one left to fight the androids, and he immediately gets humbled by them, he travels back to the past, where the Android Saga happens prior, which is pretty much glossed over in a little text box, because 
you went through all that shit in the main story proper, so why do it again? Then it cuts over to um, the point in the story where Trunks is strong enough to take on the androids by himself in the future, which he does, and it's spectacular. And then you fight uh, Imperfect Cell before he gets the chance to kill Trunks and steal the time machine. And that cutscene is glorious. The fight is pretty hard, though. Uh, there's one point at the end where Cell throws a fucking spirit bomb at you, which he doesn't do in the show, but it is implied that he can do that, so it was kind of nice to see him throw a Genkidama at you. So he gets his ass kicked, and that's where the credits roll. And you think that would be the end, but what if I told you that there was more to the post-apocalyptic future than what uh, we see in the anime proper? So, if you choose to stick around uh, for this DLC, you get uh, the Supreme Kai and Kabito from the Boo arc of all things come to Capsicorp and tell Trunks, yo, this wizard Bobby is going to come to Earth, he's going to awaken Majin Buu and destroy the universe and shit, we want you to help uh, draw the Z-Sword and take him down. And after a bit of hilarious side quests, one involving uh, getting Oolong to transform into Android 18 for a suicidal person, of all things, they take you to the Supreme Kai's planet, and they even give Trunks the Supreme Kai garb, which is pretty cool, all things considered. And um, he draws the Z-Sword like Gohan does in the anime. However, unlike that, uh, where they try to test the sharpness with the hardest metal in the universe, I forget exactly what it's called, uh, Bobbity starts attacking Earth, and it and the DLC ends with uh, a climactic fight against Deborah and Bobbity, of all things, which is pretty cool, because not only is uh, the idea of having Trunks with his sword fighting against Deborah, the Demon King, but you also get to smack around Bobbity, which you don't really get to do in a lot of games, so... It is nice to smack around that little shit. And it kind of cultivates uh, in the climax where Deborah spits at the Z-Sword. And by the way, the Z-Sword is implied to give you incredible power, but it actually holds an old Kai that kind of unleashes your dormant power. He doesn't get the chance to do that because when Deborah sp spits on the Z-Sword, it turns it to stone and it breaks. So... And uh, in the process, uh, Supreme Kai and Kabito are killed. Trunks gets so angry that he becomes a Super Saiyan 2, much like Gohan in the Cell arc. And it becomes an incredibly satisfying finale where he blasts the shit out of both Deborah and Bobby at the same time. And it kind of leads into um, the Goku Black arc in Dragon Ball Blech. Super. Uh, though they don't really show it in the DLC because... It's technically super content. It's all Z here. Ah, super. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Sorry. Sorry. It's not the worst arc, but... I would say that the Goku Black arc is satisfying until you get to the last episode of that arc. In which case, it drops the ball completely. But that's a discussion for another time. I don't want to talk about Super no, right now. No, nobody does. But yeah, um, I think the Trunks DLC is... Incredibly awesome, especially uh, if you're a diehard Dragon Ball fan like I am, who really likes uh, the history of Trunks Special in particular. Like, it covers all the beats, it covers all the bases, and it gives you an extra story that you haven't seen in the show proper, which is really cool, honestly. 
But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got right there. All right, thank you very much for that. So, um, before I talk about my experience with Pokemon this week, uh, me and Thomas have started a new game this on our, on our streams on Saturdays. We're playing Gears of War. I have never played Gears of War. Like, I, I've, had wow. ge- I've had Game Pass for, like, almost a year and a half now, and it never crossed my mind to play Gears of War. I I don't hate the series. I know about it, but I was like I was thinking of another co-op game to play with Thomas. I'm like um I honestly thought uh so if you didn't come to my stream on Wednesday, uh he got me a cameo video from Mick Foley, which is super fucking cool. <laughs> but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like cuz he kept like... telling me he's going to give me my gift, like do you want your gift now? And back of my mind I'm thinking, "Oh my god, he got me Monster Hunter for PC." Uh, uh, that's just like if it was getting just guessing what it was, um, and um, and so like so we could play that together. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I, I'm not gonna say what we're gonna play because maybe we got Monster Hunter, uh, so we could play that together on PC. But it was it was something even better, which is great. So I was like, well, fuck, what are we gonna play now? So I said, hey, have you ever played Gears of War? And so uh, we play it, and I am floored with it. Um, PC version does have some weird optimization issues, which I've learned it's not terrible. But there was definitely not a consistent frame rate, but it wasn't something that was, like, super bad, at least in my opinion, um, that I noticed. Yeah, I remember it being chunky, even in the 360 original. Do you not remember when Thomas took my Gears of War virginity first? No, he mentioned that, but I'm talking about from my experience, I've never played the game. That's what I'm talking about. I, like, I remember he told me... I thought you asked him if he'd ever played no, it. No, 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 well, I, um, I, no. I was like, I never played it, and I, I maybe I don't remember that when you guys played it. He mentioned it after the fact, because I guess I don't remember that. It was, it was so long hmm. ago now. Um, but I was like, let's, let's, let's play Gears of War. Let's run through the Gears of War franchise. Like, fuck it. There's five, six games of these. Let's do it. And I am really having a lot of fun. It's just... Like the com, the shooting is really good. The chainsaw shits. Once I figured out it's really good, uh, I took me a while to figure out the active reload mechanic because I couldn't figure out what the reload button is. But once I got it, mm, that shit feels good. Chainsawing feels good. The enemies are really well designed. I like the cooperative stuff that they put you in. Uh, we just got through, I think, Act Two, um, where like uh, it's a minor thing, but like the fact that I had to stay up up top this watchtower. To like make the lights turn on so that the like these fucking things in the dark don't kill you. Oh, that yeah. mission! That, that was no, that was fun. That was great because like he was, it was like okay, you go this way, you go this way. It it's fan fucking tastic. Like I'm, I had a lot of fun shooting up these things and the fact that you have to throw grenades into the pits to stop the enemies from coming. Like it makes it keeps you on your toes. Um, like holy shit! Uh, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I played it by myself, but. Playing it with uh, with no, Tom, it feels like a co-op game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, playing it with Thomas def- has definitely helped with it. Like, holy shit! Um, and I remember almost like years ago when I had my old PC. I'm like, which probably now that I look at this game, uh, probably wasn't very glad I didn't buy it. Um, I was like, I kind of want to play Gears of War because it was around when they were re-releasing the the remaster of the a re. I guess it's a remaster remake of the first game. I don't really know. We're playing the the. the f- it was a remaster. Okay. Uh, of that one, so it's like, uh, and I'm glad I got I didn't buy it, but I'm glad I'm playing it with Thomas via Game Pass. It's it's super fun. If if we if I like this enough, we're continuing on with uh, Gears of War two. But so far, I'm having Adventure Time with Dom and yeah, Marcus. Yeah, like I, like and I I started like, oh my god, this guy's just Macho Man. So like now it's just like I think um, Marcus Phoenix is just Macho Man. He's just like he's like, oh yeah. 
Nah, he shaked the yeah, dog. Um, uh, ooh, ooh, I, Macho Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I even I so he even has a bandana. So I start talking like, oh, "We're gonna kill these little aliens, brother." Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Well, I think, um, also he's Bender. So I know, I know, I yeah. know. Get out of here with your who he no. Is. I'm I'm saying that's a tie. Like, get out of here with your adventure. I know time. who he is. I know who the voice actor is. But he, to me, is gonna be a little bit of the madness, a little bit of chainsaw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm gonna get you. You poke. I think my Macho Man person is getting scary good now um that's just me though um but uh, real quick i will i don't want to interrupt you but um you reminded me that i do have another game because i also played something with thomas um oh, yeah what go you ahead. got there brother what are you gonna do oh okay um so i was thinking i had another game pass game when i was like looking over them and i remembered that it wasn't game pass it was playstation plus um, but me and Thomas, uh, started up the, uh, Tiny Tina's Borderlands DLC. That's like, they're calling it now a, a Wonderlands one shot. Um, like they released it as a standalone thing to, uh, you know, to hype up Wonderlands. Um, and I'd never played the DLC before. Um, but like, you know, we're planning on getting Wonderland. So it's like, yeah, yeah let's jump, let's go through this. It's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it definitely makes me more excited for Wonderlands uh, because, I mean, this is is literally just like, you know, the Borderlands engine with like some fun fantasy stuff thrown in. Um, It lives and dies by the strength of the narrative, which, I mean, the the narrative is great. (laughs) So there's that. But like, it's still just very much Borderlands, whereas Wonderlands is going to bring in like magic and melee weapons and that kind of thing. So like, I'm infinitely more excited about that. But like we had a lot of fun. Uh we're only a few hours in. We need to uh we need to get back together. Um like I said, I just haven't really felt like playing games. But um the the narrative is definitely the best part. It's essentially kind of the, you know, chaotic narrator uh aspect with um with Tiny Tina playing a uh D and D campaign with like you know, the previous game uh protagonists. And I think it takes place after Borderlands 2, uh, because I guess Roland is dead. Um, but Tiny Tina, like, refuses to believe that Roland is dead. So it's kind of playing out as, like, the five stages of grief in, you know, fantasy terms, which is kind of interesting. Um, and she, like, puts him into the game as an NPC. Um, and it's like, come on, we have to go find Roland. He has to save the day. Like, um, and the, you know, the other players are trying to be like, we can't find Roland. He's gone. Um, but the uh, the places you go to are kind of very stereotypical D&D type things, but they kind of start to make fun of her for that. So, like, you go into the uh, the Forest of Tranquility, and they're like, really? Like, that's, that's a little stereotypical, isn't it? Like, come on, can't you do better? And she's like, okay, fine. And then... Um, the trees start like rising up from the ground and like shambling towards you. And you see a new uh, title screen, like for the area you discovered. And it says uh, the, the forest of trees that are trying to kill you. Um, Do you want Ents? Because this is how you get Ents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then you have to go through and, and, you know, kill all these trees and spiders and all kinds of other stuff. But um, in that area, there's a really good uh, Dark Souls parody <coughs> where you find just like a random like skeleton guy at a uh at like a you know burnt out campfire looking kind of disheartened with like a sword and shield and um 
he's like, Hey, I need you to, I need you to do me a favor. Like I'm, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty soulless over here. Um, I need you to go around and light the, um, light, light the fires like around this area, uh, and then kill all the enemies and bring me their souls. It's like, okay, cool. So actually the, the quest itself was really annoying. There was like these enemies that were essentially made of electricity and you could only like hit them. Uh, cause they were incorporeal. You could only hit them when they were attacking you. But once you get all the souls and light the bonfires and take it back to the skeleton, it's pretty great because it like kind of absorbs the souls and, um, like transforms into a kind of, you know, human form and like very ornate armor. Um, it's like, thank you. You restored my humanity. Um, and then praise the sun. Am I right? <laughs> I think about it. He said something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was as, as schlocky as, as that just was. Um, but then uh, this uh, like noob killer something uh, invaded his noob game. Killer sixty nine four twenty. It might have been honestly, um, but it, it invaded his game, and it was like, oh, you got to help me kill him. This guy keeps keeps interrupting me. He's the last one that that you know killed me or whatever. So then you have to take out this you know this other character that uh, that invaded the game, and then it's like, okay, great, thanks, like, you know, I'm done with, I'm done with you, I'm gonna go kill more souls or whatever. You have, you kind of have to be there. Like, the quest itself is very good. Um, and even someone who's like a, you know, casual observer of Dark Souls, I was like, I know exactly what this is doing. It's great. Um, but yeah, so it's got a really good sense of humor. Um, and it's not too heavy on the ridiculous Tiny Tina stuff. Um, because like she's essentially the narrator, so she chimes in as needed, but otherwise kind of lets the you know the characters play. Um, there are some really cool like new NPCs and stuff. Uh, there's a guy with like a um, like a jar for a head, and he has a, a mustache drawn onto his jar and a top hat. Like he's the coolest character in the game. Um, and then some other random characters will pop in as NPCs and stuff. Uh, Torque interferes at one point because he gets mad that they didn't invite him to play. And he's like, I, I like wizards and, and magic and stuff. Let me, let me play. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun is the point. And it's another one that like, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed as, as much by myself, but being able to like laugh with Thomas about it and stuff was, was really good. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to report more on that. I kind of forgot about it. I didn't forget playing with him. I just forgot what we played. <laughs> but carry on. Uh, so I'll be quick since we're uh, kind of running a little bit long now. Um, uh, I th- I officially think now I am the longest in Pokemon Arceus. Um, I, oh, yeah. I love this. I love this sure. game. Um, explore. Like finding. Just walking around, even if I've been to the air multiple times, is always interesting to me because sometimes I'll find something new. And anytime I look on Twitter and people are finding shit that they've never seen before, like just because you think it's not there doesn't mean it's not there. It's exciting. Like I think the thing that really uh, ignit- reignited my interest in the game because I was kind of like, eh, maybe we'll take a break real quick. Um, is uh, is finding an Electabuzz in in the uh, frozen tundra uh, area? Just random there. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, so I caught it, uh, and well, I got Electabuzz, so all it's missing is, is, um, Pinsir. I don't know if Pinsir's in the game. Don't tell me if he's in the game, um, but, 
Yeah, and then you have the little. I mean, if Heracross is, there's a strong. I haven't seen it yet. I get those two confused, honestly. Uh, one's brown, one's blue, my guy. Um, and uh, they're functionally the same. No, they're That's not. No, one's be. One's a stag beetle. The other yeah. is a weird Stop crab beetle. Labeling all beetle Pokemon looking like the same. Uh, so, but what really sold me on the game, though, uh, honestly, was the next one, the, 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 with the water area, where you get the Basu Legion, which, God, I love that name, and the story that revolves around the Lord. I won't say what it is, but I'll, like, just a minor teaser, it got a lot more, uh, emotional than I expected it to be, um, and, like, it, it like, it was very hard. fish made you cry? Uh, it, not, like, completely cry, but definitely, like, oh... Like feel something, um, like what is this? The shape of water? Uh, you want me to say what it was? The Tyler, do you? No. Is the shape of water? Okay. Um, the the school uh, of fish. But it, it was very like holy shit! I can't believe they they did that. And like it was, it it, it I felt something while finishing that section. It had it had meaning to it. Like it, and it gave me a grander look on this little on this like pass that they're building. Um, I, and I loved it, and it's even more emphasized in like the following areas. And now I just hit a point in the story where like it goes like this, and then without saying anything, it goes like this. It's like all of a sudden there's a fucking shift change, is what I'll say. And then like, wait, what do we do now? I can't like it's I, I this I just played this not that long ago, so I was like, wait, how why why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, so I'll leave you up to that and decide if you want to continue on to play that far. But um, I I still love this game. Like um, I'm still having a good time with it. Uh, and like again, even today I've I've got my Glaceon, I got Leafeon today, I got Cleavor. You know, Scyther's one of my favorite bug Pokemon. Uh, just because how cool he looks, and now his his rock bug typing is super badass. Um, I have I have a Gumi in my team, and I have now Sagu, which I did not know Sagu had a Hisuian form, uh, <laughs> and like it, it's Steel Dragon now instead of Steel instead of Poison Dragon. Ooh. So I didn't know that. This is why That's I'm glad I don't look at leaks because I can be personally surprised. You look at leaks, fine. That's your prerogative. But this is why I don't personally want them told to me. Or go out seeking for them unless I actually go out seeking for them. Cause like I was just like I was just wandering the mire the mire uh the second area. They're in there. There's there's that's as soon as you find it. And I was like and it, There's a Gumi there? Uh yeah, that's where I caught Gumi. Um and in fact, I'm not gonna say where, but a, a little further you'll see Saglues, and I'm like, is that because I remember it looking different. I'm like, is that different? And then I saw mm-hmm. Gudra, I'm like, oh, it got a Hisuian form. Um, so you have to see what it looks like, but I was like, whole and it was an alpha, so it was fucking huge! Um, <laughs> but it's like... Did you evolve your starter yet? Uh, yes! My starter was Zidui, and I love its typing. I, I fucking love that thing. It's so cool. Uh, the only one I haven't seen is... No, I've seen all the starters, uh, Final Vision, so I think they're all good. I don't think I would have been upset with any one of them. In fact, part of me wishes I start... I, I went with, um, Typhlosion, just because... Yeah. Very similar to Gen 4, there's not a lot of fire types in this game. Um, there is a volcano area, and I got Magmar. Um, so Magmar's in the game, um, but like uh, I haven't found much um, in terms of in terms of what I wanted. Uh, so I was pretty much using Rapidash the entire time. Rapidash is cool. I love Rapidash. Not one of my favorites, though. Um, 
Also, Typhlosion with the the fire ghost is, is dope. Yeah, it looks really cool. So part of me wishes, I, I don't mind. Pretty much a smaller chandelier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind that I went with it, but I, I, I do love, um, oh god, this is UI's fighting grass type. Uh, it's, it looks really cool. Um, I don't I don't know what Samurai is supposed to be. I don't, I don't know what it's water or whatever. I think it's water, water dark. dark. Okay, I, yes. I just knew what it looked like. I didn't know what it's typing. So I think the typings are really cool. But I'm going to keep playing this, man. And, like, I don't want to... Like, I started doing side quests. And I think that was my problem was that I was doing too much. And, like, I didn't want to burn myself out of the game. So I was like, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'm going to play the main quest. I'll do a side quest if it's on the way. But I'm not. I'm just going to pretty much play the story through. And then I'm going to come back to this game when I want. And that's, I think that's the best. That's what I did when, the last time I played a Pokemon game like crazy was uh, Alpha Sapphire. Because uh, I didn't even play Sun and Moon that crazy. I played the story and then that's it. I dropped it. Didn't bother completing the decks. Didn't do anything. Maybe I played it for like five minutes to the wormhole shit. But like with Alpha Sapphire, I went ham. I could see myself going up. Because I keep hearing about the post game. And I don't know what it is, and I have, I'm very excited about that. I haven't even done that many spatial distortions yet. I've been in the two, and the last one I fucking did. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, the last one I, I did, I had a fucking Sneasel, a fucking, uh, what's the, Lickitung, and Onyx all jump my ass at once. Mm-hmm. It was not fun. Um, but I caught the Eevee, so that's how I was able to get uh, uh, Leafeon. Nice. Um, but, like, whole, it was just... I, I have an Alpha Eevee on my team. I'm, I'm deciding what I want to evolve yeah. it into. So far, my team... Um, oh, God, hold on. I, I could, I'm not going to... My team right now is Decidueye, Gastron, the fucking MVP. Gastron helped me catch uh, a um, an Alpha-level Electivire. So I see this motherfucker. Mm. So, like, I go after it. I throw a Gastron thinking, okay, water ground. What are the chance? This fucker probably has a grass move. He doesn't. So literally every single attack doesn't work against uh, <laughs> against my Gastron. I love Gastron. I know he's not the yeah, I know he's not the original water ground type, but I love how, how cool it looks. So I have... Uh, this... Yeah, it's a really good alternative if you don't have Swampert or exactly. Um But I like... And I like it more than both of those. Exactly. Um, but I have Decidueye, um, Lux... Not Lux- Luxray, is that the final Volve? <laughs> so, Decidueye, yeah. Luxray, Gastrodon, Sligu, um, uh, oh god, who am I... Uh, Mischievous, because I love Mischievous, I just caught one, mm-hmm. not gonna tell you where... But mischievous, uh, but I caught mischievous, uh, and I mostly caught her for a side quest. But I'm like, fuck, I want to get Miss Magnus too, um, at some point. So let me go for that. Uh, I love Miss Magnus in when I used it in when my Gen Four playthrough a long time ago. And then, um, oh god, what is my sixth Pokemon? I can't remember because I keep. I was not consistent with my team for the longest time. I could not decide. I'm like, what? Because I couldn't. I was trying to play it like a traditional Pokemon game based on type advantage. And stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like you need to do it that much. So now I'm just going with things that I like, um, and things that I enjoy. Oh, Cleaver! Cleaver was the was is my final member now. There was a, a Glaceon was. Oh, um, no, hold on. I also I caught a. Uh, uh, I have Gardevoir now, so I think one or some of my team members might be. Yep. I will in the break. I will I will bring it up. Uh, I can bring it up right now. But um, do you? Have you found Voltorb yet? Yes, I've caught one. I really want that boy. I caught it. He's. Can you give me an idea of where it is? Like, uh, he's he's. Well, I get it anytime soon. Uh, he's in the third area. Okay. He is. He that is figures. in the third. He is in the third area. Uh, be careful. He hurts. He hurts a lot. Like I don't have any of my team members yet, except you know my star. I'll keep my starter. Yeah. But like, 
It's it's rough. Uh, I, like I like uh, I think the third area is when it started clicking for me because that's when I found Heracross. Heracross was on my team for the longest time. I I, I hit a tree and Heracross is in it. So um, that like mm. that was that was really that was a lot of fun. Um, sorry, I'm bringing up my team right now. Oh, okay. load times. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just focus on the story. Yeah, just do I'm, that. I'm trying to do the whole like. You know, I, I have ADD. Like, I'll I'll head through an area, and I'm like, okay, I gotta grab that, I gotta grab that, I gotta... Like, and then I forget where I was actually going, because I get so off track, like, you know, going on a Pokemon yeah, detour. Um, but if I just focus on the story, I might actually like it more. Okay, so my team right now is Gastrodon, Luxray, Gardevoir, Sligoo, Rapidash, and Cleavor. So that's my team right now. I, I like that team. Um, I, 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 like, I like that a lot. Um... Uh, Leafeon is on my team right now, but that's because I just evolved her. Uh, oh no, him. I'm sorry. Um, uh, so that that's that's who's on my team now. But that's I think that's the team I'm gonna rock with uh, till end game. I heard, and God, I don't really like doing Pokemon Nuzlocks. This game makes me want to do one because of how fucking <laughs> hard. Because you le- you oh, legit God. can lose everything, and like it's actually challenging within the g- structure of the rules. You don't have to fucking do like no healing items. No, no, you, like, you're gonna you're gonna get your ass kicked. I think a Nuzlocke challenge yeah. would be the best here. But also, like Nuzlocke is supposed to be you. You can only catch like the first Pokemon you run into in each. You new would have area. to alter some rules for sure, right? But like. Um, like maybe the like in, in in instead of like routes, it's in that section since each area has like this is this area. This is what this area is labeled mm. as. You catch that one, and I would say yeah. not even what you see. I would let you have the pick of the litter of it. Whatever one fish one you catch, that's it. And like not for because if the first one you see, you're gonna get Bidoof, and like I think that's a little too unfair. But like whatever, you go after what you want because Bidoof sucks. Dude does right? not. Just because it sucks doesn't mean it's not somebody's favorite. And with that, uh, I love Pokemon Legend of Arceus. It's it's everything I could want. Is it my only real criticism is the inventory system sucks. That is legit yeah. the only yeah. criticism I have with it. There's too much stuff to pick up. It's and it's too much shit that you don't use. It's mostly berries and the and the mud shit. Like if if I was picking up stuff I was using, sure. Most of it I discarded. It's fine. Um, I can just discard it, but sometimes I'll pick up like water stones. I have like three water stones already, which is good, but like I, I don't realize I picked them up because the text is so tiny. I wish it appeared in the middle, um, but that's a minor mm-hmm. complaint. But so the inventory space and the fact that you have to buy inventory space to increase it—that shit's annoying. That's like the only. At least you don't have to go pick up poop to increase it. Right, right. Um, like <laughs> that's so far. Like in terms of a mechanical thing, that's the only thing I don't like. Um. Uh, but I think that I think we're gonna call it there, and we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna blast through the news. One, hello everybody! Welcome to the news portion of the Charge Shot Games, guys. We had a couple of new articles to go over, some good, some bad. Uh, and this is starting off, continuing from the Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Uh, and this, uh, it will be reviewed personally by the Federal Trade Commission, aka the FTC. Um, and it's of course because this is a huge merger. Obviously, obviously we talked about it. It's the biggest merger in video game history. Uh, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission will probably be taking reins on reviewing Microsoft's intended acquisition on Activist Blizzard and mid more aggressive stance on the government agency on big tech mergers. Obviously, this isn't the only one. Uh, you know, the AT and T uh time warner merger that was fucking huge recently and of course you know all, all that all the yeah. it's still out it though yeah exactly um you know so this isn't the, you know like we'll see who- um 
the, I think T-Mobile and Sprint was it? I think that combined. Maybe it was one of the phone companies or something like that. It's it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And now they want to fuck. Wasn't that the merger that nearly killed the WCW? Yes. Uh, no, this is the <laughs> this is the new thing. This is this is new. Um, um, uh, Bloomberg reports that a source pointed to the FCC taking the lead in the role of investiga- investigating the proposed takeover. A job it handles alongside the Justice Department, the role of the review is to determine whether the near oh. seventy billion dollar deal could harm consumers, rivals, and partners. On the same day as Microsoft's deal was, just, was announced, the Justice Department and FTC announced plans to rewrite major merger guidelines, warning that U.S. industries have become increasingly concentrated. FTC Chair uh, Lina Khan said that concentration could lead to price wages, price rises, and lower wages. The Wall Street Journal has previously reported the FTC is particularly concerned with big tech companies like Microsoft, and that Khan has been reframing the argument against major mergers, mergers not just by it's traditional effect of consumers and rivals, but to other cup, uh, companies, for instance, those who are effectively forced to sell through the Apple Store or Amazon's digital storefront. The FTC has recently sued to block two huge mergers, including NVIDIA's purchase of ARM and Lockheed's Martin's takeover of rocket engineering uh, manufacturer Aerojet Rocketdyne Holdings. That's a whole what the fuck. Um, whether the FTC has a similar case to be made regarding Microsoft and Activision Blizzard remains to be seen. A legal expert tells... Um, IGN, the deal is unlikely to break current antitrust laws, but it seems clear that the deal will be receiving more scrutiny than Microsoft's acquisition of Zenimax did. So, yeah, this is sort of like uh, hopefully a wake-up call for the U.S. government. They're like, hey, we may want to may wanna look into this. Uh, I doubt anything will come of this, but the fact that they have to... It's a huge fucking deal. I think they're going to like use this one as an excuse to you know make things stricter but it's gonna go through and it'll just help set the precedent for like whatever's next you know inevitably next um to be like okay so this was the last time we're gonna allow this you know this taught us what rules to put in place but because it happened before we put the rules in we have to allow it but yeah so hopefully this will help the next big merger whatever whatever uh, not happen yeah Right. You know, Microsoft buying Nintendo, as everyone keeps saying. Damn, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> no. Nintendo has a little war chest from the fucking Wii. They, they, they'd be like, look, do you see this? You can't match this. And from the Switch. Yeah. Well, they're building it up again with the Switch, but like, the, the, like, right. the, like that war chest, like, they made so much money on the Wii, even though the Switch just passed yeah. the Wii in sales. Uh, next up is... I mean, they're like five years they weren't profitable from the Wii U, like started to dip into their coffers but they said that they could literally function for like two generations yeah it's ridiculous without suffering yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> that's insane yeah, that's how much money that's how many units sold um yeah all right uh moving on unfortunately we got to talk about a game delay the suicide squad killed the justice league is reportedly delayed until 2023 uh Rocksteady's next big game uh, uh as reported by bloomberg uh, that upcoming game has been pushed back a year after initially announcing a 2022 release window. Warner Bros. Games is gearing up several releases this year, including Hogwarts Legacy, which we have no information about, and Lego Star Wars, which we do have information about. Um, and of course, this was initially announced in 2020. Um, it's the first, the first game after the Arkham trilogy, so it's very anticipated. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think is this the first Lego Star Wars game? That's sorry, I know this is, that's not what the story is about, but is this the first Lego Star Wars game that's come out since Disney bought? No, the property. Lego Marvel's no. Since they bought what DC or, uh, I th- no. I think ever since uh, they bought Disney, they had Lego Dimensions, but I don't think that really counts. Because it's it's just strange to me. Warner Brothers putting out 
a Star Wars game, essentially. It's just like the, like the that's crazy. Telltale, or not uh, what what's the what's the company that makes uh, Lego TT? Is it TT Interactive or something like that? They just have the no, Telltale. it's not Telltale. Um, Traveler's Tales. Oh, Traveler's Tales. Uh, I knew it was TT something. It's just they probably have they've worked it out with those companies. Like worked it out with the Lego, sure. or Lego probably worked it out with the companies, and they were just the develop. That's all it is. It's just a licensing thing. It's like I know it's just it's weird, but sorry. Anyway, I mean, like you know, it could it could be weird. That's the least weird thing ever. It could be weird. So yeah, that, I think that kind of sucks. Uh, like because I think the gameplay trailer they showed uh, recently wasn't that bad. It looked it looked fine, but I think I think it's a blow to Rocksteady considering they haven't published the game since 2015. Um, like that has to, they've clearly had some issues in their studio. Yeah, like it's that's like I hope development's going right. I hope the game's great. Um, people are definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, Gotham Knights comes out this year at least to hold over the hold over the people. We have it has to. Yeah, right? we haven't heard anything about Gotham Knights, so who knows what's going on with who knows what's going on with their 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 gaming division besides like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Um, or yeah. I mean, we haven't heard anything about Hogwarts Legacy either, yeah. and there was a new story I didn't put in here that was, like, insisting it's coming this year. We'll see. We'll see. It's almost as if Warner Brothers doesn't really care that much about their game division. Right. Well, they, I remember they were trying to sell... There was rumors, what, like, a couple months ago they were trying to sell it off, or at least sell off aspects of their of their game division, so... And it wouldn't say it'd be Warner Brothers, it would be AT&T, who now owns Warner Brothers, so... A lot, a lot, a lot of shit happened. It- Mike said they're saving everything for E3, but, you know, E3 isn't happening, yeah. so... Or, I mean, or Jeff Keighley's thing, the summer game shit, so... Sure. Um, Alright, so there you go. That sucks. I'm looking forward to the Suicide Kill the Justice League. Um, day one game pass, let's go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and now, Jakob Games had a little mini... Uh, not uh, uh, Presents. Uh, in which case, we got a couple of new things. Um, sorry, I have an ad playing for me. Um, I've seen this trailer, but, you know, you always want to refresh your friend your mind. Damn it, I had Pizza Hut. I don't want your shit. Let me skip your ads. Um, Yo, yeah, yeah, Gerard's on it. Um, uh, yeah, he works for G4 now. Yeah, he's been doing that. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, so they go over. But, like, to get to, to announce or to get to introduce the Yacht Club's thing, I'm sure was a big deal. Oh, for yeah. Because he like, loves them. Tied, like, I, I think the reason why I bought Shovel Knight was because he did a video on Shovel Knight. It's um, mm-hmm. like... Uh, is is really really cool. Um, I think they they announced. Did they give a release date to Shovel Knight Dig the puzzle game Pocket Dungeon? Uh, they they announced a free update is coming. Pocket Dungeons first. Yeah, yeah they did a update. Uh, man, I, I I really get spoiled by YouTube videos that do the chapter things, and then when videos don't do them, I'm like fuck. Like I understand why, but like it's tough. It's it's like okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, Pocket Dungeon. I it looks really cool. I didn't buy it when it comes out. I doubt I'll play it, but it looks it looks really really cool. Uh, and then we got an update on Shovel Knight. I think this is Dig, correct? Yeah, uh, real quick. Pocket Dungeon, they're basically announcing DLC yeah. is coming for it. Um, so they showed off, you know, like it was kind of an, an accolades trailer. But then um, they announced they're, it's getting a few new characters. Um, or a few new packs of DLC, I should say. There's a new character called Random Knight, which basically just sends you in with a you know, random character. Um whenever you boot up the game and then uh there's i forget what the rest of the dlc is um it's like new stages or something yeah um i gotta i'm trying to scroll through okay i think there's like a boss rush or um 
like I do have the game, but I have had a hard time getting into it. Um, so I don't exactly know how much content's already in it versus what they're announcing. But um, they generally just said like there's DLC coming and we'll have more information on it. Yeah, and then we, uh, there was a few details. I just don't remember. Yeah, and then we get a, a look into Shovel Knight uh, Dig, which is not out yet. No, no. Okay, um, I keep waiting for it because it. I'm way more excited about that one. Yeah, this is like um, the. But they did say that like Scrap Knight, which was introduced in um, Pocket Dungeon, is actually a Dig character. Yes, they actually sh- that they just happened to put in. They show her off first. Yeah, here. Um, damn, she's got legs. Um, so it lo- I like, I, I keep forgetting pocket, uh, uh, dig as a thing, but it looks really cool. I, I like it. Um, I like yeah. this presentation. Um, the, the 16 bit presentation and the kind of steam world dig elements to it. Like it's two of my favorite game, like two of my favorite, like retro style games, like in one thing. That's pretty awesome. Exactly. So look for that. Uh, and there was a uh, Cyber Cyber Shadow, which uh, Yahoo Games did not make, but they published. It was one of their first games published. I tried playing this game when it came out. It's hard. It's really hard, but it's it's really good. Um, and I think it looks like it's getting a a. Uh, uh, oh, it's just a trailer for Cyber Shadow. Okay, never mind. Um, it's just saying they've been dabbling in publishing. Yeah, it's it's a it. fun game. It was on Game Pass, and I tried it. Um, just it's hard. Just you know, bear bear that in mind. It's hard. Um, see so yeah, a little bit of talk of Shadow, and then of course this is the big announcement. Uh, Yaka Games' first original game since Shovel Knight. Um, it and Justin, do you have the title of the game for? As I look for, uh, it is uh, Mina the the Hollower. The yeah, it's going to show the title here in a second. I forget. Yeah, but for... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Mina. Mina that's, that's right, okay. And it is pretty... It looks so good. It is a top-down, Game Boy Color-inspired game. So, like, you know, Link, Link, Link Link's very Awakening, Link's Awakening yeah. you know, very much like that. And uh, it is going to be on Kicks. I think it's on Kickstarter now, which I need to go back that shit. Because I want this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they like like when when was the last time somebody like a indie developer emulated the Game Boy? Like normally it's just like NES or Super Nintendo, but not really. You don't really got to like Game and Boy stuff. And it's beautiful. There was that one. There was that one Neo Geo Pocket style fighter. I forgot its name. There's been a few um, that, RPGs that, that like actually run on Game Boy, um, but you know are are obviously emulating the style. But like you can put them on a cartridge and. Um, but not like this. Yeah, this is this looks I mean, really this is straight up like like a if you if you told me this was a uh, ROM hack of Link's Awakening, I'd believe you. Yeah, the the I I'm in love with but it. But better, it's so good. Uh, you got like there's a yeah, there's a dodge really system. There's it like it's it's like they're taking elements of modern gaming and putting it into this retro style visual package and. It looks really cool. Like I, I want this. And the character's adorable. Yeah. With the little like chain whip. The bosses look awesome. I love how the bosses the, the brief look you get the at the bosses are, are really really fun. Um so yeah, yeah, no I'm super excited for so this. So yeah, obviously it's on Kickstarter. Um I'll try to remember to uh post wow, in the wow, you would think in the description they would post the uh the Kickstarter link, but there's no Kickstarter link. Um Um Probably not out yet. It says kick, now on Kickstarter, so I would I would assume it's and this this trailer is almost maybe they're not allowed to. That's weird. Um, Sometimes YouTube's weird about external links like that. Okay. 
Probably. So yeah, it's on Kickstarter. Go support it. It's Yakov Games. I'm excited. This is their first official new game. I understand they did three expansions for Shovel Knight, but this is like all original thing. Um, and yeah, I I do like that they're not just jumping straight to Shovel Knight too. Though. Right. Like they're letting other developers kind of do their thing with the property, and they're like, nope, we're gonna move on. Yeah. And when they do Shovel Knight two, it'll be like a huge like, oh shit, Yacht Clubs gets Yacht Club Games yeah. and. You know, because people love Shovel Knight. Like, they, all they gotta do is Shovel Knight, put the Roman numeral 2, and that's it. So, yeah. Uh, I'll, I gotta remember to uh, support that on Kickstarter. Okay. So, there you go. A little bit, little bit of cool stuff coming for Shovel Knight Yacht Club, Yacht Club Games fans. Uh, and now we got a confirmation, basically. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, according to Rockstar, is finally in development. Um, of course, after... Uh, well, has been has, for a while, uh, probably. Okay. You're more than likely, yeah. Uh, but like more like probably pre-planning shit, nothing actually done, but just talking about probably concept stuff. Um, with the unprecedented longevity of GTA five, goddamn fucking two console generations. Um, <laughs> we know many of you have been asking us about our new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark, our goal is to always, uh, improve. Uh, I lost my spot. Always significantly move beyond what we previously delivered, and we are pleased to confirm that we act that act development for the next uh, entry in the GTA series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, thank you all for your support. So yeah, GTA Six is uh, is going to be a thing. Of course, this is kind of hot off the controversy. Of the fact that the GTA remasters were obviously not made by Rockstar, but it was definitely published under their wing, uh, kind of puts that whole thing in perspective, yeah, so doesn't it? They were they, they were glitchy at launch, yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, there's a whole there's videos and videos out there about the GTA thing. But like, uh, and considering from what I understand, people were not happy for the longest time with the GTA online experience. Um, and so, like, at some point, like, it's, guys, next year, it would be 10 years since GTA 5 launched. Next year, Jeez. 2020, November 2023 would be Damn, 10 years. So, obviously, this game's not coming out within the next, I would say, next three years, I would say. So, who knows how long we're going to have to wait for this game. Um, but, like, I, I, I guarantee... Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was next year. Shooting for that 10-year anniversary? Come I on. I mean, that's, that's possible, but I wouldn't... We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, especially, I guarantee you they're going to probably want to launch with GTA Online immediately. Um, or maybe they won't. Who knows? I, I, I don't know how business acumen works. But, like, I feel like it's. I feel like we're way overdue for a Grand Theft Auto sequel. Um, I understand GTA Online has been sustaining him for a long time. And probably a lot of people got their kicks out of it. But, you know... Um, I think it's about it's it's I think it's overdue. I don't see how people can still spend so much time in GTA Online. I mean, just like how can so many people spend time in Monster Hunter, Minecraft? You find shit to do, man. If it's a game you really enjoy, you you, you find shit to do. Um, I guess. You know, so the grind to get the house, you know, all that, all the money, or you, or like me playing Sonic Two every other year. Wait, what? Well, I mean, going back to retro games, I think is different than like repeatedly playing the same game for years. I mean, like, I play, I've play. i been playing Street Fighter V for six years. Are you get something to say to me? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It, it got it's better. It's possible, man. Like, people just love a game, and you just, like... There are, GTA is one of those games where, like, it's just one... 
it's like that 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 that, that people. It scratches yeah, a certain. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people who are not video gamers like us, where we play multiple games, we buy multiple games a year. They buy the one game, which is probably GTA, and they play it all year long because they don't have time for other games. That's fair. So like it, that's and there's a lot of content for the money if you think of like GTA Online technically being free. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, and then you you get a squad or you don't, and like yeah, you could, especially if you don't have time. Like I'm just gonna play GTA. Um, you know, I should, I want to, sh- you'll waste a lot of time on the loading screens. That's for sure. Uh, unless you have it on the series sure. X or PC, um, but got a hundred gigabyte download. Fuck off with that. Anyways. Um, I mean, PC still has some ridiculous loading screens. Oh, well, never mind then. Uh, yeah, le- it's just the game. Let's move on. Well, it's a huge, it's a huge ass map. Um, uh, let's move on to some, some kind of, uh, more opposite news and God, this makes me sad to talk about this. Platinum's new CEO wants to create larger, riskier games and hints at live service focus. Um, oh, plus, no. now appears to suggest that the Project GG could be a live service type game. Uh, Platinum Games, obviously, the developers, uh, they weren't called Platinum. Yeah. Uh, developer, they weren't called Platinum at the time, but Okami, Bayonetta 1 and 2, soon to be Bayonetta 3, um, Astral Chain, among a whole bunch of other titles. Very inf- Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear uh, Rising Revengeance. Um, Anarchy reigns. A lot, lot, lot of good quality shit. Platinum is, is synonymous with excellence for the most part, um, except for the wonderful one hundred and one. Suck it, Camille. That game sucks. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's not good, and I want to. I want to uh, like it, but it's not good. Platinum's yeah. CEO said he wants. Yeah, yeah. So company co-founder uh, Atushi um, Atushi Inaba, who recently took over as president CEO, discussed his promotion in his recent interview with Famitsu. Um, along with his inspirations for uh, the Bayonetta developer's future. In the interview, Nava appeared to suggest a larger focus on online service games. He said he would like the company to create more games that can be enjoyed uh, and loved for a longer period of time, compared to those which players experience one-off content such as Bayonetta. Does he not understand replayability? And Kamiya's, pro- and Kamiya's project yeah, right? GG was mentioned specifically by Nava in relation to his desire to create titles that are different from the past. Oops, I almost brought something uh, about about where we were going. Hinted that uh, when asked about the design philosophy behind GG. Project GG is still in a uh, stage of testing various things, so I can't tell you much about it, but when it comes to future game production, we want to focus on creating games that are different from the past. I would like to focus on creating games that can be enjoyed and loved for a long period of time. Uh, he added, of course, we would like to cherish and create small, brilliant, small, but brilliantly conceived games such as Silk Cresta and games in which you could enjoy process of uh, going in and clear off one going through one off well designed stages uh, such as Bayonetta however the projects that we are trying to create for the future will be different in terms of the structure considering the changes in the market over the next five years or so I think it's obviously necessary for us to do this I'm sorry being so vague but I think it's all I can tell right now um, after a decade of work for hire Project GG is Platinum's first wholly owned IP it's an action game featuring a giant hero Described as the climax to the director Hideki Kamiya's superhero trilogy, following Beautiful Joe and the Wonderful 101. Uh, Inaba, who's previously who's vice president of Platinum Games and head uh, producer of development division, took over as president CEO last month. Uh, Hideki Kamiya, the claim designer behind Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, is now vice president. Um, you see, Tokyo Studios was established in 2020. Um, so, um, let's see, I said Tokyo Studio. Uh, laid the foundation for the company, but like to return to the original ethos of Platinum Games. If we can no longer create new ways to play, then there is no reason for us to exist. And if that happens, I think it would be better to dissolve the company, no matter how profitable it is. I like to go back to our uh, raison d'etre and create new games on a larger scale, in a more pure manner. 
In the past, if we want to create our own page, it was difficult to do so. And if we could, it would be on a very small scale. We could make indie class products in the future. I would, I would like to get rid of all that and make larger games from our ideas and to see at least one thing. I want Platinum Games in a direction that is pure and adulterated and never uh, look back. I think that's my role now. Platinum Games obviously has a number of projects in development, the most notable being Bandit 3, which is due to release this year, five years after it was originally announced. It's also developing RPG Babylon 5, Babylon Fall, for, that's the TV show, <laughs> Fall for Square Enix, which is also a live service game, I think, which is due to release in March. So Soul Cresta shoot 'em. What's well, an MMO? So. Um, as well as Soul Cresta shoot 'em sequel to Nike 80s game Moon Cresta and its 1985 successor Terra Cresta. Ah no! Don't do this to me! Don't! Don't! Don't do this to me! Don't! Why would you do this? I don't. Thomas, I like the the tweet that Mac, Matt McMuscles put out about like, um, what a weird way to say that you want to invest a lot of time and money into making worse games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like it's not. It's not right. like the uh, the live service shit isn't just eating itself alive. Anyways, there's like only a few that actually mattered. One of them being Destiny 2 yeah. because it was one of the first. That's another one of the... It's like the, you know, CGTA Online argument again. It's like people get really invested in one or two games sometimes, but not everything can be that game. And you never know if you're going to be that right. game. But like th- when there's that many of them... People just start tuning it out because they know, like, oh, well, that's another live service game. I'm good. I've got mine. Yeah, like you. It, it, it's one thing, like, like exactly. It's one thing to like. It's just there's not enough time to have that many, and people are gonna make the choice. People will probably check it out initially, but like, there's a reason why games like Bayonetta One and Two, Astral Chain, Devil May Cry, Okami, people like over long period of time. You want to tell me how many times people have played Okami, replayed Okami? Have replayed Bayonetta? Yeah. It's like, they, they, it's been over a decade, almost a decade, well over a decade that people have enjoyed these games. And you tell me that over a long period of time, like, they're already doing it. It's called replayability. You make good games that people want to come back to to replay them. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's all about profit. It's not a... I, I see it. He's saying that it's about making, like, longer experiences. It's about making money. And that's the, that's the shitty thing. Just... Like, it's about how do we get people to play our shit more, to buy our shit more. Don't get excited for product. Consume product, get excited for next product. That's that's, that's what it is. Um, and that sucks, because I like Platinum. Anytime they... I, I Like, there are very few Platinum games that are not bad, and if they are not great, it's because, like, it's, like, third-party licensing, like the Teenage Mutant Turtles game that they did, which was not... which was, or, or the Legend of Korra game, which you can't exactly, get anymore. It's, it got delisted. Or the Transformers. Well, even the Transformers game was fucking badass, but you can't buy that game anymore. Um, fucking stupid licensing issues. That has, this shit has to stop. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is awful. Um, I hope it doesn't affect Astral Chain 2 because maybe, hopefully, they have a contract with Nintendo and, like, no, you're fucking making that single-player shit. You're not doing that live-service bullshit uh, for Astral Chain 2. Um, if we even get an Astral Chain 2, who knows? That might not even be in their books. Considering, uh, well, this sounds like it's their goal with like owning the IP is to be able to do whatever they want with right. it. Right? They'd probably still be under because for the most part they've only worked with other people on their properties and they're kind of shoehorned into what you know they're expected to work on. Right? Who knows? Um, I I just don't think it's a good idea. I like he it just surprised somebody got in it like ear and like you see how much money these live service games are making and it's just one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like. Nah, it's, this is that's not it, fam. That's that's not it. Okay, 
It would really suck to see a sequel to Mad World, and it's just uh, an Avenger-style life service game. Oh, like, no thanks. God. Although Mad World, that is a, like, multiplayer game. Not live service, I think it would be dope, but as a continue. Anarchy Reigns, definitely, which is the sequel to Mad World, but Mad World no. itself, nah, that's a single player Mad game. Mad World got a sequel? Yeah, it's called Anarchy Reigns. What? I have Mad World. It's right there. Yeah, you didn't know? I can't no. play it! Fucking Wii U problems. <laughs> I have Mad World also. It's great. I didn't know it had a sequel. Great though. game. That game was dope. It's so yeah. good. It would be cool if it was like, a, like cool. a live service thing where you have PvP. But not like full live service, just like the ability just to kill each other in the arenas. God damn! Yeah, An- Anarchy Reigns did it, so may-, may as well just do it again. It's just too exhausting. I, I got my live service game in fighting games. I don't need this shit. Um, okay, let's let's talk about China so that I can ignore it and look up. At- wow, <laughs> this game. she is gone, and how disrespectful you are to this woman, the ninth one, the ninth one of the world. So, um, the, uh, WWE 2K20 is coming out in March to, and surprisingly, based on the trailers that they showed, actually looks good. Who knows what the actual game looked like, but I'll, I'm waiting, I'm holding my breath on that. Uh, but they released a trailer today of releasing of several legends that'll be in the game. Um, and among them, and this is what kind of caught me, uh, was the fact that China, aka, uh, uh, Ms. Joni Lautner, who, uh, I, uh, sadly is no longer with us, uh, is going to be in the game. And this is her first official recognition in the video game by the WWE since uh, 19 years. Um, she wasn't even mentioned on television uh, after she quit in, I believe it was 2001, because of uh, things she said and the fact that she did porn. Although fucking half your, most of your fucking older wrestlers either murdered somebody, kill, um, fucking sexually assaulted somebody, but they're fine. Fuck off, whatever. Um, she's not even in the Hall of Fame properly, but enough of that. Uh, but she's going to be featured in the game. Uh, fans of the WWE recall that China, she was one of the founding members of the Generation X, former women's champion, uh, and she was in uh, SmackDown Know Your Role. That was her last appearance until her untimely death in 2016. Uh, the conclusion of China game has been uh, up now, but it's been a comics matter. She passed away, obviously, and, uh, and her death was ruled as an accidental overdose combined with alcohol, oxycodone, and other anxiety medications. Uh, she was personally admitted to, to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019 as part of Degeneration X. Uh, for years, Lara uh, was not considered uh, for the honor because of the decision to release a pornographic film uh, with her fiance, Sean Waltman, uh, also known as X Pac, in 2004. It took her passing in three years to pass the decision to made or include her. So, this is huge. And, um, like, again, she was, if you ask me and Thomas, I, I apologize for going to a wrestling tangent. Um, like, she was one of, like, 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 if you looked at China when she first came out, she was so different uh, from women at the time. And uh, the fact that she has it, like, we've had all these WWE games who have, like, brought legends like Hulk Hogan, who has said the N-word, Macho Man, who was a domestic abuser, uh, like, all these other terrible people who have been on the games, but, like, she can't do it because she released a porn video. That's, like, her at least known biggest, and who knows what other skeletons she had in her closet. But like you're gonna tell me that wasn't the problem. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm I will I'm not gonna buy the game immediately because March is already packed enough as it is. But when the game goes on sale, because 2K games games always go on sale, I will definitely consider buying it because I I want I want to see if a good I uh, if this is a good wrestling game and to play as her again because it'd be nice. And the fact that like 
Thomas and I will do the show, and we'll, whenever we do a show with China on it, we, we like the women's wrestlers are a lot better now. So we just dream like, oh my god, China versus this person, China versus that person, because it can never happen now because she's gone, and she would st- if she would still be alive, it could still happen, and like we get sad about it. Um, now we can somewhat make that happen and have her memory live on even further. So uh, shout outs to China, shout outs to Joni. Wasn't this the game that uh, Matt McMuscles covered uh, in his What Happened video? Uh, the one that uh, opened with like a whole bunch of massive Yeah, I'm glitches. hoping that's not the case with this one, so we'll see. It's been... Let's see. From what they've shown... Again, it could be all manipulative. Who knows? It does look better, but we'll have to see when it actually gets released in March. Let's see if it happens. All right! There you go. Um, to be clear, I had no idea that China had died. I'll, I'll admit it. Well, you're not a wrestling fan, so like, like you know, she, right? There's, there's like, no, like I know who she is. She's a classic, yeah. but I did not know that yeah, she, had she died. sadly, you know, assuming it was probably act, like accidental overdose suicide. Who know who will never know at this point? But yeah, she she was she ninth one of the world. Um, we still miss her to this day. Um, all right, let's move on to the final aspect of our show, which is talking about uh, the 35th anniversary. Of Final Fantasy, uh, obviously first released in America in what nineteen ninety was it? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Jesus fucking Christ! Um, and of course, it, it was born from there. So, uh, quick around the table, Justin, what was your first Final Fantasy game? Go. A bit of a loaded question, but I will go with first memory being Final Fantasy Seven. Okay. I can explain further. Uh, all right, Tyler. Um, my first uh, exposure to Final Fantasy wasn't really Final Fantasy by technicality. It was actually Kingdom Hearts. I mostly just got the game because of Disney, and uh, it kind of sparked my uh, interest for Final Fantasy as a franchise hmm. just because of association. And it wasn't until uh, I got 7 on uh, PSN back in 2011 that... I actually gave the series a fair chance. So mine is seven, and it's very brief, but it, I don't remember the exact scene, but it was watching my dad play it on the PlayStation back in, uh, when I was a kid, so this had to be 97, 98 probably. Um, and it was a scary scene with Cloud and Sephiroth, and I remember wanting to leave the room, and, and, and Sephiroth's like, boom, boom, was playing. I'm like, I don't want to... I thought it was... Mm. I thought he was playing Resident Evil again. Uh, and he... Was it the the lab, basement library? I don't remember. Like, during the I, don't I was going to say the one where he throws the material and it flows away. I just remember Cloud. I remember Cloud's spiky hair. I remember a save point. And, and I remember being utterly freaked out and wanting to leave the room. My dad scared the shit out of me with the Resident Evil dogs. He knew it was coming. He's like, son, come here, come here, come here. I want to show you something. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, dad. Fuck you sometimes. Um, uh, okay, so there you go. Now, that's our first Final Fantasy memory. What is the first one you played? Well, okay. So, I'm just going to go ahead and give more um, more feedback here. Because I didn't always know what Final Fantasy was. Um, so, kind of like Ty, except way older. Uh, I just, you know, randomly emulated things, usually SNES titles. Um, a little bit of, like, Game Boy, that kind of thing. Um, and when I was first learning emulation and stuff, I was just, like, downloading all the games. Like, whatever, whatever you know, looked interesting. 
And I'm almost certain that I got Final Fantasy V, um, at the very least, but I probably got others, too, um, with, like, the, you know, poor English translations, because we hadn't really gotten all of them. Um, this was before, you know, GBA time. And so, like, I would play a little bit, because I remember, like, when I went back to the games, I was like, this looks really familiar. I think I've played this before. Um, like, I didn't know what the series was or anything. I was just playing random games when I was a kid. Um, and there was also, uh, what was it? Final Fantasy... It was a trio of, um, like, original Game Boy games that technically were not Final Fantasy games. Um, there was Final Fantasy Adventure, which was actually, uh... Adventure of Mana. And then there was Final Fantasy something, like it had a subtitle, Mystic 1 Quest? and 2, oh, no. that were t- that were technically saga games. Oh, okay. okay um, yeah. yeah. But, like, those series didn't really exist yet, and so it was just, like, Square making them, like, Final Fantasy spinoffs. Um, but they've since kind of been, you know, remade in their actual series. Um, and I played those two, and then I played um, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest... Just like offhand, um, but what I really remember playing, like my actual first experience, why I say it's Final Fantasy VII, is because um, I vividly remember I was uh, it was a weekend with my dad's, um, so of course we were anywhere else. Um, it was like at a random friend's house of his, and he's like, "Go play with this kid." Um, so I like went into the bedroom of this guy that i this sorry this kid that i'd never met before and he was playing final fantasy 7 on the tv had never seen it before it was like end game i think he was chasing after the one of the weapons um in the airship and i watched him play for a while and i was like this seems really cool and he was like kind of going over some of the mechanics like showing me the materia screen and stuff like that and i was like man like is this you're playing on playstation right i don't have one of those um He's like, oh, I think it, I think it might be somewhere. I think you might be able to find it other places. Um, so like, it was my mission to find this game. Um, so, I, I was at the point I was already kind of saving up for a PlayStation because I wanted like Spyro and stuff like that. I'd played the, you know, the demo consoles at Kmart or whatever. Um, but I found at like at GameStop randomly. I found um, the PC version of Final Fantasy VII. Wow. So, like, three discs and, like, a blue sleeve. Um, I've Other people talk about the PC version, and, like, I feel like it's, like, a bonding thing. Like, people that played Final Fantasy VII on PC. It's, it's, a, it's a rite of passage. Um, and so I grabbed that, downloaded it onto our, like, family computer or whatever, and played it just nonstop for a while. Um, it was also around the time my brother and I were really into making, like, RPG Maker 2000 games. Um, so, like, I was, you know, I was all in on RPGs at this time. And um, it's funny because I found out that you can actually go into, like, the, the game files and find all of the FMV scenes. Um, and he figured out how to uh, take those scenes and, like, input them as, like, kind of a, you know, like, play video file script in RPG Maker. Um, so, like, he would write in scenes of a, of a game he was making 
to like play the you know the rope bridge snapping FMV from Final Fantasy Seven and like kind of little little generic things like that that didn't have any characters or whatever, just to like add some you know some production value even though it was clearly just like stolen from this game. Um, um, but yeah, so like I spent so much time with Final Fantasy Seven and then I was like I was hooked, um, and you know went back. And found all the other games because like this is seven. There must be six before this, and that's when I was like, I think I've played this one and this one, and like, you know, that's when it all clicked. But seven kind of opened the floodgates. Um, and then when I got my PlayStation, I got eight. Um, I well, I played it at a friend's house first, but like, I got a copy. And then nine was the first one that came out, like that I bought new. Um, that came out after I was already interested in Final Fantasy. So, like, my friend and I went out to, like, the the midnight release of Final Fantasy IX. Um, Because, Ty, you might know, did that come out the same time as uh, Spirits Within movie? Uh, I think it came out a little before the movie did. It was around that time, I remember. Um, Because we got the game and went to see the movie. Um, And that was one of those where, like, I was at his house... And, like, booted up the game, played through, like, a good portion of the the first disc, and then went home. And I was like, crap, that was on his memory card. <laughs> and I had to start over, and so I, like, played the beginning of Final Fantasy IX again. But, yeah, so, technically, I, I started with Final Fantasy VII as the first one I quote-unquote played. But, like, I know I played others before then. Um, it just It wasn't really under the guise of, like, knowing what Final Fantasy is, you know what I mean? Ty. Oh, do what? You're up. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear Ben. Um, so, yeah, as I already mentioned, uh, I didn't really get uh, formally play Final Fantasy until 2011. Uh, I did get to know some of the characters through the first two Kingdom Hearts games, uh, since I did play through those when I was younger. Like, uh, uh, there are characters like uh, Titus uh, Waka from Ten. Uh, Cloud, Yuffie, and uh, Aerith from 7, of course. And, uh, yeah, all those dudes are there. And it was fun to fight against Sephiroth, even though I had little context of uh, what the boss fight was about uh, in in relation to 7 specifically. And uh, once I got my uh, PS3 from uh, my dear uncle, who is not of this world uh, anymore, rest his soul... um, one of the first games that I got off of PSN was Final Fantasy VII because it was ten bucks. I could afford it with uh, the Christmas money I got. I'll get this along with Metal Gear Solid. Wow. It's gonna be fun. And I tried it, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was fun going through uh, the Midgar stuff. I honestly couldn't get past the uh, the open world at first uh, until I looked up a guide, and I was like. I, I don't want to look up a guide to play through this. Uh, maybe there are other games in the series that'll probably tickle my fancy a bit more. And uh, I eventually stumbled on uh, Final Fantasy X uh, mm. on the PS2, I believe. Yeah. Either that or one of the remasters, I forget which. Um, and uh, I played through that and fell in love with the world and characters. And that game is just fun, mm-hmm. man. Like, I, I do love me some ten, even with the goofiness aside, which kind of adds to the charm i think and uh, ever since then um 
I've beaten a few games in the series. I actually got around to beating seven uh, uh, several years ago at this point. Uh, I've beaten the remake. I've uh, played through Final, Final Fantasy XV and most of its DLCs. I haven't done the Arden one yet because I really haven't played fifteen since then. And uh, I'm honestly looking forward to sixteen, which looks pretty cool, to be mm-hmm. honest. Heck, I might even try, uh, uh, what's it called? Origin? Strangers of Paradise. Oh, yeah, Strangers of Paradise. Strangers of Paradise, yeah. Uh, That last trailer. Why do you have to come on March? Why? Why do you have to come on March, you piece of fucking shit? (sighs) (laughs) Got Triangle Strategy, Kirby, and Elden Rings right there. Like, why? There's so many. I um I was talking to my friend Chris about uh like games coming out around my birthday and I made a list and I'm like there's even more than I realized. <laughs> I I'm, I have to decide between Strangers in Paradise and Elden Ring. I can't do both immediately. I can't. I'm not doing either. Um, like there's a lot more games coming out in March than I'm getting, so that helps. But still. Anything else, Ty? That's pretty much it for so me. Mine's a little bit weirder. So, um, obviously, I've stated uh, outside of that one memory I have of Final Fantasy, I was not a Final Fantasy kid. I was not aware of Final Fantasy growing up. It was not a thing. Uh, and then, of course, I discovered YouTube in like 2010. <laughs> I started using it actively. Um, and, like, I started hanging around friends wow, and stuff late. like that, like, who knew about Final Fantasy. And I remember this one time, I was not employed at the time, and I was sick. And um, and I was in my bed at like four in the morning, just watching random YouTube videos. And I woke up at like four thirty in the morning, maybe five. Don't remember what it was. And um, game trailers, you guys remember game trailers uh, was a thing. Um, I don't remember. If, I don't think this was an official upload. I think it was like a, a ripped or something. I, at least I could I could think of. Um, and uh, they were do. I guess at that point they had done like retrospectives of like Final Fantasy, like of the original Final Fantasy, it's like one through seven, maybe up to like ten. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, what? Is, what is this? So I watched it and like like seeing all the cool sprites and hearing the music and going up to like this is really cool. And I talked to my my friend uh, who was like who was like in the Final Fantasy, like oh yeah, Final Fantasy is great. You should try. You should try one. I'm like, which one do you think I should try? try four with the ds i'm like you think i like that one like yeah so the next day i go to gamestop i go to gamestop oh, wow. and they had one card disc a cartridge only which is fine and oh my god that game was hard that game was so hard and i legit had to like i actually got pretty far for all things considered and then i got to like the final dungeon and like the at first enemies were just obliterating me and then then i learned oh my god status magic Oh my god, status magic is a thing, and status magic immediately made it over, and that's when I fell in love with with Final. Actually, no, that's not true. That's just the first Final Fantasy game I played, but it was a memorable experience, and I think it was cool. Like I can say that the Final Fantasy four for the DS was my first version. Um, I like the map feature; it, it was just so cool, and just like and hearing the music and all this stuff. It, it was like it was a good entry point, even though it's significantly uh, harder than than its original counterpart. But I have nothing to compare it on. I just knew the game was hard. Um, and it kicked my ass, but it felt so satisfying to do it. Uh, and that pretty much kick-started, like, me going through, uh, not every Final Fantasy, um, but I, it led me to 7, uh, then, which then led me to 10, and that's pretty much where it stopped. 6, I've played 1 since then, um, I've even dabbled in, and of course, uh, and then I think I have, which one? I have 2, but I never played it yet. Um, so yeah, there you go. It, I, I still want to play more. Oh, I have, oh, and 5, I have 5 on my, uh. SNES Classic. 
uh, which I, I started. Oh, and I even bought five on the GBA. That's how, and I couldn't beat it because my run buttons not working. I kept getting fucking killed by death. Uh, I could, um, so that was fun. So yeah, there you go. That that's what started um, my interest in the Final Fantasy. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Favorite game? You can only pick one, and there's several of them. And it has to be Final Fantasy Mainline. Favorite Final Fantasy? Well, actually, we'll do another one. We'll do because uh, if you guys want to do favorite spinoff, if you have a favorite spinoff, I don't. But favorite Mainline Final Fantasy game. Justin, that's easy. Nine, nine, okay. Um, I mean, nine is one of my favorite games of all time. Okay. Like, it's it's no contest. But I was gonna say there there was a time when I actually like it was my goal to own every Final Fantasy game, and I did. Um, I st- I mean, I still have most of them. Like, even ones I can't play anymore. Like, I have um, I have a PC copy of Final Fantasy Eleven. Just as a keepsake, <laughs> um, but some of my uh, some of my physical copies have gotten destroyed over the years. Like I think Final Fantasy IX specifically um, has a scratched disc and doesn't actually work. Aww. But I own it; it's just not like playable. Um, fun fact: I actually like my when I first owned that. Um, I had a debilitating scratch on the first disc. Ooh. That uh, made it freeze in the final cutscene of disc one. So, like, you know, you, you're in Bermesia, you defeat uh, Kuja, or, um, uh, not, uh, I guess you get defeated, sorry, um, by, I was gonna say Bellatrix, uh, <laughs> Beatrix, and, um, and then it has that, like, that cutscene with, like, your party kind of distraught in the rain and the fountain. Um, and then it kind of pans out and I kept trying, like I would go through like from save point to that cutscene over and over again, cause it would like kind of stutter and then freeze at like different points. I'm like, okay, maybe I can get through it. Maybe it just has to hit right. And it wouldn't work. So I was like, ah, fine. So I took it to GameStop. Uh, they switched it out. Um, put it in, did the fight again. It got through the cutscene just fine. And then it went to that, that, you know, please change to disc two screen. And I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I mean, I have the fondest memories of nine. Like I've beaten it so many times. Um, like the story play of that game is one of my favorite things I've ever produced. Uh, like it's, one of the greatest games of all time. And some people don't understand that. They're like, oh, I, n- I never played that one because it looked too cartoony and I don't really like the fantasy. It's Final Fantasy, for one. Like, if if all you know is, like, 7 and, like, 15 or whatever, sure. I guess I can understand why you wouldn't be into it. But, like, pretty much everyone that's played it has realized that it's amazing and, like, a step above the rest. Even though it still has its issues. Um, but, yeah. If I if I had to just pick one, it would be nine. Um, favorite spinoff is a little trickier. Uh, I'm actually really excited for another March release, uh, Chocobo GP. Oh yeah. Um, which I will be getting. Uh, I've I've been talking to Chris about possibly doing that as like a birthday stream. Um, for anyone that you know might also be interested. But 
that's not out yet. <laughs> uh, pro- I probably have to go with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Um, I have very fond memories of that one, like on you know native GBA back in the day. Um, I haven't really gotten back into it like in a long time, but it's one of my favorite stories like in the moment. So I, I have to give it some some credit for that. Um, also, I grabbed this uh, this Chocobo plush because I realized it's from the 30th anniversary. So that's fun. Nice. Tyler, favorite Final Fantasy game? Uh, mine's a bit trickier to pin down. Uh, I really do enjoy 7 for uh, its uh, themes and narratives and characters and stuff. But I'm kind of leaning more towards 10 because those aspects are kind of stronger in my opinion. Like, the whole backdrop of Spira is incredibly mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Like, just this entire world that kind of focuses on the inevitability of being killed by a giant monster. Either womp, that or worshipping this womp, womp, clearly... Womp, womp, womp. Or this clearly corrupt serious... <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> Either that or... Um, blindly following this religion that may or may not be evil depending on how you look at mm-hmm. it and I just love the the whole uh, dynamic of uh, the main cast like they're all in, entertaining in their own way even Waka even uh, even if he is a racist ass <laughs> I'll bet fireworks but, yeah you know, it's excusable because he's goofy hey that that's that's <laughs> yeah. uh, Marcus Phoenix don't you know oh yes madness yeah that's uh, John DiMaggio <laughs> yeah just saying, it comes, it yeah, uh, comes all back together. But yeah, uh, when it comes to, down to the emotional moments, uh, 10 really does hit hard, uh, especially when it comes to the character development of main character Titus and uh, Yuna, uh, which I won't go into because I will probably start crying in the middle of the stream, and I do not <laughs> want to do that. So yeah, 10 is probably my favorite. Uh, as for spinoffs, I haven't really dabbled into many of them, aside from... Dissidia because, you know, it's a fighting game with Final Fantasy characters. How could you go wrong? Oh, wait. It's a weird tactical RPG yeah. fighting game. Nah, th- this isn't fun at all. No, no thanks. I'm I'm not going to dabble with yeah. this anymore. So, yeah, that's pretty much my experience cool. right there. The most recent one's okay. Yeah, it's but fine. But it's not what we want. It's, it's not what we no. want. Um, I mean, you could always play Air Guys. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, no, I'd I'd rather play with rather play Dissidia over over Air Guys. Um, um, yes, thank you. I'd rather play Dragon Ball GT Final Bout over fucking Air Guys. <laughs> I do have a memory of ten. Uh, a friend of mine was huge into Final Fantasy ten, not at Final Fantasy General, but just ten. And I remember going over to his house and seeing the unit dancing for the first time. I was like, oh my god, I'm in love with a fictional woman. <laughs> I think that's where it all started. <laughs> They, I, and it begins. That was the first that of many. Was exactly, exactly. You have crushes, but then like you're like I was, I was like twelve. So it's like, why is she so pretty? Uh, and of course, in HD, that scene is beautiful, and now haunting and sad because mm-hmm. now I know the context of it all. But um, yeah, Ten's a beautiful game. Um, for me, uh, it's seven. Like I know that's cliche. I know that's like, oh, Ben's a loser. Ben's this. I'm like, listen. 
I did not. No, play not at all. I do not. Your favorite is your I favorite. I do not have nostalgia for seven. I have one offhanded memory of being scared the shit out of Sephiroth and Cloud and the music in seven. I have no nostalgic for Final Fantasy seven. I first played it in 2013. Bought it on the PlayStation on my PS3. I'm like, what is this game all about? I didn't know the spoilers. I didn't know the whole Cloud was. I knew about Aerith because YouTube videos, but I didn't know about the whole like Cloud's not really Cloud and all that. That fucking shocking twist. So like, it was. It was like, is this is this as good? Because I was looking for another high. I had just beaten Earthbound. That was a fucking high. I will never get again beating that game. And then I was like, well, my friends, you should play Final Fantasy VII. Have you not played it? It's like, no. And so I, I played it, and, like, it's... I love the characters. I love the material system. The world is so fucking rich and grossing. The, 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 the story, oh, my God. The twists and turns, the emotions it makes you feel, like, just... Again, I... Whenever I stream Final Fantasy VII, either the remake or the original... Well, actually, not the remake, because you don't get that scene in the remake. Uh, the, if When I, when I point... Because I, I do want to stream FF7 at some point. When I get to Aerith's death scene, I will cry. Because the second I fucking hear to see that uh, little... Uh, her uh, materia drop in the water and the music is playing, I lose it. It's, it just gets to me every time. It's, it's a beautiful, well-made game that I will never get tired I can never get tired of it's it's just it's what it's one of those things that just like and lives in my memory I will never forget the moment of going down in the, into the crater and facing off against Sephiroth and you know and, and of course his godlike safer version and like it was just like intense and it's just it's like I felt like I was a kid again um, you know, like playing Golden Sun for the first time and fighting atop the uh, the Venus Lighthouse, like it felt that huge to me. Um, it it was it 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 was like I was worried, uh, like is this game really gonna live up to the hype? And for a while, I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it because there were mechanics that I didn't adjust to very well, and I didn't know where to go, and it was very confusing. But once once I crossed, got to Nibelheim, and once I got to the heiress death and the revelation of cloud that's when i'm like oh my god i'm in love with this game this it's fantastic and there's a reason why it's resonated so much with people um and and like it's i think it speaks to a lot of us and like i again 10 is probably the closest um that that comes to in terms of emotion um four is fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock four four is very fine i i like it but in terms of like making me feel the way seven did no no i won't like i i need need to play more to gauge more interest like i really liked one a lot but one is very basic in its presentation but it's fun it's it's really cool to just role play um and and you know i can't i haven't played two through two three or five or five in complete so i can't comment on those games i can now thanks to the pixel masters uh on sale now but um it's seven nothing nothing also, six is fantastic. Up until the world of ruin. <clears throat> there, you, yeah, I said it. I said it. Am I wrong? There's some issues with the world of ruin, but I actually think it does a really good job at uh, giving you optional moments to see character growth. It's word optional. Um, like it, it puts you in the in the you, you uh, driver's seat of like. For. Well, I will. F- I will go through that journey myself when I stream the Pixel Remaster uh, in full. So. Look forward to that. Uh, until then, six is like half a game for me. That's why I can't. I don't. I don't. That's why I don't consider six 
I enjoy seven more than six. The six just stops being interesting the minute I get to the world of ruin. Um, because then it becomes like, okay, well, okay, I do what now? Okay. Um, this is just too much. Yeah, but why was six afraid of seven? Tyler's the puns guy, not you. Anyways, that's going to do it for today's episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what is your favorite Final Fantasy? What are your Final Fantasy moments? What is your favorite Final Fantasy game? I don't have a spinoff game because I never played any of them. So I didn't, I don't, I guess tactics, I guess. I don't, I didn't play any of them. Y'all need to up your Final Fantasy game. No, I don't. I'm mainline, baby. Just like Star Wars, mainline only. Um, yeah, keep that other shit away from me. Um, I'm the Final Fantasy master here. Claim t- I'll be playing a spinoff this fucking March probably with Strangers in Paradise. Suck it. Um, that's a that's a Souls like game. Isn't it's it? a spinoff, motherfucker. It's it's, it's sure. It has Final saying. Fantasy in the in the in the title. It's a spinoff. Um, it's more of a Final Fantasy than than fucking Jokomo GP. Don't you bash my? I just my, did. He's got a point. I just did game. bash the. Uh, F- I mean, oh. it's no Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's better than Dirge of Cerberus. Exactly. So, uh, what, what are your favorite Final Fantasy games spinoffs? Uh, what do you look forward? What are you looking forward to, to Final Fantasy? I want to play 15 at some point. Damn it! I have a powerful enough PC or an Xbox to play it. I need to play it at some point. Damn it! Um, yeah, it's uh, fine. But we're gonna. We're gonna uh, I enjoyed it. That's also a really good half a game. It's just the second half. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I hear. Uh, Justin, plug yeah. your stuff, please. Uh, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, I'm going to be a little different because I haven't really been making things lately, other than like you know streaming. Although um, that's been spotty too. Um, Go watch on the on the topic. Uh, go watch my um, Final Fantasy story plays. Um, maybe Ben will put the be nice and put the playlists in the description um, or not. But I mean, he's in them, so you know. What do I do? What now? That's that's good incentives. Oh, my Final Fantasy story plays. Oh yeah, I love those. I was in one of them, two of them. I was in both of them. You're in all I was of them. In both of them. Yeah. Listen, I remember being. There's three. Was I in three of them? <laughs> Oh yeah, eight. Yeah. I was in eight. I keep forgetting about eight. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting. Eight's a little rough, I'll admit. Um, but it was it was where I was learning like how I, I wanted King to do Corbin it. King Corbin in Final Fantasy Six. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Wait, King? No, you were That's Leo. Right. I was just seeing if you caught that, and you almost did it. Um, I didn't even hear who you said. It doesn't matter. Tyler, plug your stuff, please. You can follow me on Twitter. It's that Ty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tiger Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. Also, on the cinema shot side of things, we have just recorded for the newest episode, so when the audio version of this episode you're listening to drops, uh, be sure to check out our newest cinema shot episode, History of Trunks. That's a doozy right there, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. And uh, you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelous Iggy. And I stream four times a week at uh, Twitter TV says Iggy 204 Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, uh, Batman Telltale is officially the new Sunday game after Mass Effect, so a little bit lighthearted, but we got into it on our first Batman stream, so come look for that. Uh, Getting hyped up for the upcoming The Batman movie coming out in less than a month now. Um, and, um, <laughs> Wednesday, Tuesdays is the Outer Worlds. Wednesdays are gonna be, unt- Square, give me the damn release date for Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. God damn it! It's said February. <laughs> you haven't said shit! 
Come on, just tell me if it's going to be delayed or not, so I can fucking pick another RPG to play. Fuck. Um, yeah. So, uh, but regardless of that, uh, uh, it's going to be different games depending on how I'm feeling. So this Wednesday, but before this, just by the time it'll be over, the time it streams out. But we'll be playing Hitman HD Trilogy for a little bit. If I like it, I'll continue it. If not, I'll change it up to next week. Uh, and then um, uh, Saturdays, it's going to be Gears of War with me and Thomas. So look for that on Saturdays. I look forward. I, I want to play more Gears. It's, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, go to charge.com for this episode, as well as, as Tyler mentioned, the cinema cinema shot episodes that we did, as well as the wrestling show. So a little bit of an announcement for the cinema, for the wrestling shows. Thomas got behind on editing. Nice fault. Shit happens. So currently, we have three shows in the can that are waiting to be released. So um, there will be released, but the poll for our next show may not come out because we might take a one week off just to like not. We don't need a break, but we could. So, um, but we might do one more show and then. Uh, that way we, we, we can continue going forward like that. So we have shows recorded. It's just um, uh, the editing took a little bit on two of them. Uh, and the third one should be uh, – it would be right around the corner. So just they're, – they're not gone. They're there. So there you go. So there may not be a poll is all I'm saying. Uh, thank you all for listening, everybody. We'll see you all next week for another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm the Marvel Siggy. These are my two buds, Justin and, and Zero Score. Just, just in zero score. Zero <laughs> score and hey, it's that tie. I'm the new zero exactly. score now. Uh, no matter what, guys. My split personalities. No matter what, guys. Stay charged. Have a good night, everybody. No matter what.